evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast right here on WrestleTalkPodcast.com and all of our great social media outlets. We apologize for the delay this evening. We had a couple things that had to be taken care of here. We got some technology issues taken care of, but tonight we're going to have a great show right here. The title of tonight's show is The Wrestling Legacy, episode 424. Tonight here on the program, we will have Big Jim Harris uh, at about 7, between 7.30 and 7.45. We will also have Stephen Lucas. Many of you know him as the mad conservative crime fighter. He will be joining us in the second hour. We're also going to have the snippets of truth. We're also going to have the FWWC. We're going to have the shoot and shout. We're going to have the rest of the pop podcast game show challenge. we got a lot of great things here tonight. If you want to add a comment to tonight's event, make it a point to send us a, a message. Make sure you're logged in as well so we can tell who we are. And as a reminder, hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Again, ladies and gentlemen, tonight is going to be a great show right here on the program. As a matter of fact, I think momentarily here we're going to be joined by our co-host this evening. Bear with me just a second here. Again, as a reminder, we had a lot of great professional wrestling talk to talk about here on the program tonight. Uh, Let's go ahead here real quick. I know that we're getting things taken care of here behind the scenes. Uh, like I said here, we've got Justin hey. here. Hey, how you doing, sir? Oh, man, just another glorious day in the life of uh, criminal defense investigating. Now I get to uh, talk the trade with my good friend, Mr. Luke Roberts, and the Alpha has joined us. All right. Good evening, gentlemen. All right. The Alpha actually has a microphone tonight. We're going to be rocking and rolling here. Finally. I, <laughs> I don't have to sound like I'm talking into a potato. Well, like I said, that's one of those things. At least we've got the technology up to date and everything's good to go here, ladies and gentlemen. Again, as a reminder, make it a point. Hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling here on the program. We've already got some comments up here tonight. Thank you, Dean and Susie, for joining us. Also, uh, Aaron, for joining us as well. We're going to get some of these comments up here momentarily. Guys, i got to tell you right now. There's a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling, and we're going to talk about just a little bit about that in the high spot segment here in just a few minutes. I got to tell you guys, last night to me, Monday Night Raw definitely kind of uh, had a lot of things going on in the world of pro wrestling. I got to ask you right now, um, and and we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. The Royal Rumble is just a few days away. We've got a lot of things AEW. Is there anything that's really on your mind before we get started here tonight? Yeah, well, uh, you know, it is a few days away, but we still got some time. It's not until next weekend, if I'm correct. Uh, this weekend, we have a major show. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah is putting on, uh, it's called Bye Bye Muda. It's the uh, 
and I'm sure we'll talk about that here, but uh, shortly. But I just ordered it. I ordered my uh, for 1999 on the Fight uh, app. You can uh, order that pay per view, and I went ahead and ordered uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17 from uh, last week for 9.99 yen, which comes out to like uh, $7.50 before tax, I think. And then they add the tax. So you know, you can't beat that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have myself a nice week in a pro wrestling watching. But yeah, Raw last night was uh, big stuff, and. Uh, uh, with the return, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it here, of a return of a certain uh, American nightmare. So uh, That is true, Justin. We're going to talk a lot about that in the high spot segment. Uh, Alpha, uh, is there anything that really kind of um, has uh, piqued your interest in the last few days? Um, honestly, just catching up with a lot of the wrestling that's been happening. Because now, because the wrestling landscape is shifting so much, uh, more so than ever, AEW and WWE are trying to put out better content, and they're doing that with a lot of their stuff on their regular pay-per-views. Or not, not pay-per-views, the regular programming. So, Because I'm, I'm sure there have been some bangers on Raw recently, and I've been needing to catch up on those. But uh, same goes with AEW. Like I need to check out those matches between Samoa Joe and um, Darby Allin for the TNT Championship. So really just catching up with everything. And uh, Justin, you're gonna love Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17. I'm currently watching it. I'm not done, but well, I already watched uh, Omega and Osprey. Some there's some accounts on Facebook that are illegally streaming it. So <laughs> I watched Osprey and uh, Omega kill one another uh, the other day while I was on the elliptical. Such a good match. So well, right now, guys, we're, we're gonna talk a lot about uh, Wrestle Kingdom. We're gonna talk about a lot about professional wrestling. But again, before we get things started here tonight, we got a couple things to take care of here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. First of all, we want to thank all of our great viewers who are uh, connecting in with us tonight through our social media. Again, Dean and Aaron and Susie have already been uh, chiming in tonight. Like I said, we're going to have uh, Jim Harris on at about 7.30, and also we're going to have Stephen Lucas on at about 8.15 here this evening. Before we get things started, we've already got our great our great viewers that are watching tonight. Let's also go ahead and take just a second here. I know that we're going to get things scrolling here as it relates to our great sponsors, who without who the WrestleTalk podcast does not exist each and every week for 424 episodes. We're going to go ahead and get the sponsors rolling here in just a minute. Again, we can always talk about all of our great sponsors. We have, of course, we have Royal Mills Transportation in the Kansas City area. If you need a, a mode of transportation, Royal Mills Transportation is the way to go. You also have Kincaid Arcade in Kansas City. Again, I haven't had an opportunity to be there yet, but again, Kincaid, Kincaid is a great place to go for all your video games. Uh, Nobleman's Barber Lounge in Kansas City. Again, a great haircut. I know the Night Owl recommends them very heavily. We also have, of course, our friends over at Interstate 70 Sports Media with our good friend, the Maestro Jeremy Carp. We also have Painter's, Painter's Dream Production. And, of course, we have the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the Wrestle, uh, the fantasy wrestling worldwide chapter guys i gotta tell you right now we've got just about everything taken care of here tonight but you know we do have one more piece of business here to take care of and again we have to take care of it to make this official each and every week here on the wrestle talk podcast so at this time for all of our great viewers here the wrestle talk podcast if you please remove your hats at this time we are going to go ahead and pay homage to the greatest country in the world that being the united states of america at this time, we're going to turn things over to our great, our great rendition.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, our great national anthem brought to you this week as a part of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And Susie, again, you know that's a part of the Wrestle Talk podcast tradition here each and every Tuesday night. Again, we're going to have a great show here. And you know something, guys? We've got a lot of things to talk about here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. We've got things with the AEW. We've got the idea. Woo! Uh, let's go ahead here real quick. I know we have that message here. Next month, land at the South Broadway Athletic Club. I heard that there were some problems that took place at the return of the Moondog this past weekend. And again, I guess we're now going to be set up for a matchup next month between Shaft and a man known as Liquid Ice Mark Bland. We're going to talk a little more about that later on. We can talk about it with our good friend Jim Harris here in just a minute. But in just a minute, guys, like I said, we're already about 20 minutes in. We're running a little bit behind schedule tonight, but that's okay. Because you know full well that we're going to go ahead and continue to bring you the best in professional wrestling news and analysis each and every week, just as our announcement says at the beginning of the show. So at this point, let's go ahead and stop the talking, and let's go ahead and get ready to roll into that high spot segment right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Mic check, mic check. Yeah! All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, our great friend Jake Money bringing us in this week right here on the High Spot segment. Now, gentlemen, like I said, we're going to try to get things taken care of here and get things ready to rock and roll. But the first question, I don't know if it's going to get up here on the screen, but I think it's a doozy. As we were talking about last week on the show, we were talking about a certain individual named Vince McMahon. And we were talking about him potentially coming in here. And if you see right here the sign, he is no longer needing approval for making decisions prior to the uh, to the uh, shareholders regarding the WWE. And this was made official by the Securities and Exchange Commission. What does that hold for the future of WWE? Now, Justin, I know you've got your take on this. You and I have had this discussion already off air. But I'm going to go ahead and let the, let the Alpha talk about this one because this right here is definitely going to make some impact in the world of pro wrestling. Alpha, your thoughts? Um, I, I guess not to beat around the bush too much. It honestly just says that Vince McMahon is allowed to do what he wants. You know, it's it's ultimately Vince McMahon is going to get what he wants. And I hope I'm not coming across as too like aggressive in tone. But uh, <laughs> is that you know if if he does get that decision, ultimately it's going to be his final say in the matter. And you know, we can just hope from there. We can hope that is Vince McMahon going to make the decision on behalf of like Vince McMahon, the businessman, Vince McMahon, the wrestling promoter, or Vince McMahon, the historian keeping hold of his father's legacy. Like, and I think that all just falls on how that man is like, what, what day of the week it is. Cause Vince McMahon is seven shades of crazy. So. Wow. That's, that's a, a pretty good statement there. Alpha. I mean, again, we, we're, we're going to definitely have some opinions here tonight. Uh, Justin, I know that 
you, like Alpha, like myself, follow professional wrestling very regularly. What are your thoughts about this? Because there's definitely a lot of different pieces that can be added to this situation right now. Oh, I thought this was a home and garden show. I do follow wrestling, Rob, Mr. <laughs> Roberts. How dare you? Okay. So this is how I'm going to start things off. Mystic Man is a showman. He's the, he's the modern day uh, P.T. Barnum. And guess what? We're talking about him and his company because what he's doing. Uh, at least it seems like once a week he's doing something new now. Uh, since he's slowly coming back into the fold. Who knows? I've read a couple articles where they say this could be a nice big work where he's trying to sell the company. He's just trying to get some uh, news coverage. Uh, when I saw this story about the Securities and Exchange Commission, it made me think to myself, if I was a near-do-well who liked to uh, prey on women, what would I do in the long run to keep my uh, keep everything uh, hunky-dory when I pay out these women to where it doesn't get shown to the public. Let's tinkle with the Securities and Exchange Commission. That's what he's doing. He's, he's making it to where he can do whatever he wants now. And, uh, yeah, he is the be-all to end-all uh, monster, to say the least. So... Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yes, it is a wrestling podcast, Rodell. And uh, I'm a little uh, I'm a little high-strung tonight, if you guys can tell. I'm ready to, uh, uh, what, what does these guys say? Shoot from the hip? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just feel like, I feel, you know, it's you been a while shoot, since I've, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done anything, uh, you know, uh, active-wise. You know, I go to the gym and stuff, but sometimes, you know, I, I, I used to, you know, partake uh, slapping guys around in the ring and uh, Mr. Roberts can uh, speak for me on that uh, but I don't like him speaking for me but yeah I think uh, Mr. McMahon is uh, pulling the wool over someone uh, over our eyes with the whole uh, Saudi Arabia thing um, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what his next move is because that's what he wants the public to do. Wait and see what his next move is because it, uh, it puts butts in the seats for uh, so to speak Well I can tell you right now guys I mean, again, the end result is Vince McMahon does have controlling interest in the WWE. He was brought back on as a member, the executive chairman of the board of directors, and he did bring his own people in. And ordinarily, this would not be a problem. But as we see right here, we've got a um, noticeable situation here because the second you make yourself a public company again i know this is a wrestling podcast and rodell's gonna jump my case on this i know it oh guys is uh and speaking of which he's gonna join us here now i'm gonna tell yeah. you right now. Hold, hold on hold on can you guys hear me yeah, yeah. right now hold on one second i mean my tv because uh because uh i i have some uh pretty sad breaking news right now well like i said i i, I i've been hearing things here is definitely some big stuff. So according to what I just saw in our group chat, um, it is being reported. I have no official confirmation that current Ring of Honor tag team champion Jay Briscoe has passed away. And ladies and gentlemen, just to give you an idea, we do not have any confirmed confirmation of that yet. We have seen that from just a couple of outlets. Uh, please, again, take that with a grain of salt. But we have seen through a couple of outlets that uh, and, uh, 
And Great. actually, actually, uh, Tony Khan has just posted six minutes ago, uh, confirming confirming the confirming the report. Wow. This is this is uh, this is Tony Khan. Sadly, Jamin Pugh has passed away. Known to fans as Jay Briscoe, he was a star in Ring of Honor for twenty years, from the first show until today. Jay and his brother Mark dominated the Ring of Honor, reigning as champions. To this day, we'll do whatever we can to support his family, and he put his rest in peace. So, Tony Khan has confirmed this on Twitter six minutes ago. Sean Ross Sapp has also confirmed it. Um, and to give you an idea, ladies and gentlemen, just to add a little bit here, uh, and again, what we have here, uh, 38 was how old that Jay Briscoe was. And, and again, gentlemen, uh, we're going to go ahead and kind of step away here from it. I know we have uh, Big Jim Harris and we have uh, Stephen Lucas joining us here in the program tonight. But guys, I got to tell you right now, this, I mean, we already had big news talking about Vince McMahon and the Securities and Exchange Commission. But now we got to completely switch gears here a minute, guys. Yeah, but and, and real that, quick, let's tread lightly because we don't have it fully confirmed. So let's make sure. That is you know, true. It's a, uh, let's hope that's not true. I, I know, you know, it's breaking news and stuff, but let's hope it's not true. Uh, for the sake of him and his family. Hopefully this is not true. Well, like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to drop off, and if I find out anything, I'll post it, I'll post it for you guys. So I'm just, you big sexy. Right, I'm going I'm to drop off. So, sorry sorry about bringing the show down. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Luke does that already. You just got to keep moving. Yeah, well, right now as we can sit here, guys, let's go ahead and take a minute here. And, again, we can, we can kind of switch gears here until we can get uh, some form. I mean, again, with Tony Khan stating things that are here, uh, we're going to go ahead here and kind of keep an eye on that. Um, right now, it stands guys. I got to ask you before we go too much farther along. We can kind of switch gears here, but there is some uh, legitimacy here when you talk about the Briscoes. And I mean, they literally were ROH for de- since day one. And if I'm not mistaken, they were they are also currently the reigning ROH World Tag Team Champions, right. defeating the uh, the FTR Tag Team. Gentlemen, I got to ask you right now. Just looking at that in general, and I know we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. But can we safely say here that, I mean, again, you've got a lot of wrestlers who've made statements in Ring of Honor. Do we look at it right now as these individuals, uh, again, you've got a lot of singles wrestlers in the world of ROH that are going to be recognized for their contributions. Would you put uh, the Briscoe brothers right up there in that list as probably the greatest tag team in the, the history of ROH and probably one of the most recognizable faces of ROH throughout their uh, tenure as a company. They are the top tag team of all time in Ring of Honor history. Uh, in terms of pro wrestling history, I would put them in the top 10. Uh, but, uh, yes, they have uh, they made their mark because they've been with Ring of Honor, I believe, since day one. And I remember, actually, a, a true story. I remember watching it uh, as it relates to uh, – the first, uh, I believe it's the era of honor begins that one of the Briscoes, I believe it was Mark was not allowed by the athletic commission due to age could not compete on the first ROH show, but was in attendance. And I believe it was Jay that got the opportunity to compete on the very first ring of honor event. The era of honor begins. And, and I got to ask you right now, uh, alpha, when you think about the Briscoes, I mean, what, what can you say about, one of the greatest and most uh, most accomplished tag teams, not just in Ring of Honor history, but in the history of professional wrestling. 
Oh, gosh, this is loaded because I had just watched the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view recently, and that double dog collar match was everything. It's, yes, it was. It's, it's, it's two people who have an understanding, not just as brothers, but as wrestlers, like what it means to be really entertaining and have a finger on like the workhorse, you know, in the environment that people really crave that I think is rare for a lot of tag team wrestlers now, because you have people who are good tag teams, but I don't think everybody understands tag team psychology the way the Briscoes do. They're almost the... They're, they're almost the, I'm trying to think, like the indie, you know, mud show version of FTR. You know, they're a lot more, I don't know, you, you see things like GCW or you see things like um, CZW with them where they're the more grunge response to FTR, I guess, is the best way I could think of it, you know, because they, they have an understanding of psychology, but they understand it from a more violent and more daring perspective i guess as as a tag team when it comes to wrestling (laughs) well guys i gotta tell you right now here and again i've had it come across my feed and and again we're going to be talking about this more as the show goes on this evening Uh, again i had the the tony khan feed off of twitter come across my (sighs) off my account so um i mean again when you've got the ceo of the company the owner of the company bringing it forth i mean again we're gonna keep tabs on this i mean that's one of the things of of live uh live product is sometimes things like this happen last week it was the uh resignation of stephanie mcmahon and now this week we're having to look at i i would have to say the passing of jay briscoe and i'm gonna tell you right now i truly loved watching the briscoes compete inside the ring they were both, I mean, they were both great in-ring competitors. I mean, again, things that you have there, I mean, the J-Driller, hands down, great move. And, and actually, uh, true thing here, I mean, again, right now, this is the the advantage of having live programming. Uh, we are actually uh, being joined. Uh, we're getting a feed here from our good friend, the man, the mad conservative crime fighter, Stephen Lucas. And right now, uh, as he's been doing his media, as he's part of the St. Louis wrestling community and also a lot of different uh, media outlets, right now the apparent cause of death has been suspected to be automobile accident. Again, we have nothing confirmed at this point, but again, it's one of those we're uh, taking care of. Is we're going to be keeping, we're going to be keeping uh, a close tab on this. Uh, again, 38 years old. Uh, we're going to go ahead here and see what we can do and get information. But guys, I mean, this is, I mean, and I know Chris didn't mean to bring, uh, pick the sales out, but again, the other thing I look at too, one of the first passings of 2023. And this is, this is, this is a big one, guys. I mean, it's just, uh, just frustrating because uh, you're so young, you know, but like I said, I'm wanting to keep things. You know, I, I see, you know, we're getting these posts and stuff and I did look on Wikipedia and it's, it, it's got it already his, his death on there and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm checking all the major wrestling websites and I'm not seeing nothing yet my way, but, uh, if I'm going to keep saying, if it's true, it's very sad. Um, um, it's just now in today's day and age of technology, I, I get nervous about hoaxes and stuff like that or or fake news coming across. And, and I'm not saying what people are telling us is not tr- 
uh, true. It's just uh, you got to be, you know, careful and stuff. We don't, we don't want to bite, you know, uh, bite ourselves in the foot, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, before, cause you know, we want to make sure we're a credible source for the fans that listen to us. So, uh, you know, like we said, uh, you know, it's, hopefully it's not true, but, uh, it's looking more and more like it is. So. Yeah. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to be joined in just a couple minutes by, um, big Jim Harris. And, um, I mean, again, this is just, I mean, just taking it back. I mean, these two men, not just their in-ring style. I mean, again, I always think about, I mean, I think about Mark, I mean, I think about the J drill or I think about the froggy bow elbow. I can tell you right now, that was a move that always really struck me. And I mean, again, even, even as far as final battle, that move just always just mesmerized me because it's one of those, you take two moves that really should not come together and, and makes that happen. And it was just such a beautiful maneuver. And the J driller, you didn't see anybody kick out of that move to me. That move was a lot like the DDT of, of years gone by. I mean, when you got hit with the J Driller, that's it. And, and again, thank you, Chris, for sharing it. Um, we're getting a little more information here. Chris is saying that uh, it was um, Meltzer is confirming it. It was, I believe, 530 Eastern time this evening in Delaware, uh, which I mean, I, I guess would mean it would be somewhere near home. Uh, again, uh, we're going to try to keep our ears and eyes open on this one. Uh, but again, it's looking like Jay Briscoe dead of an automobile accident at 38 here on the Russell talk podcast. <sighs> Guys, I'm, I mean, again, you know me, I don't normally be at a loss for words, but wow. So, um, well, like I said, let's do another high spots. Let's keep yeah, let's, 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 let's let's lift it up. On track, guys. And I mean, again, we yeah. apologize, guys. We seem kind of out of sorts here. I mean, this one literally has kind of hit us all in the gut trying to get through tonight's program. Uh, let's go ahead real quick and throw one more high spots question up here before we have big Jim Harris joining us on the program here in just a couple minutes, talking about the St. Louis independent wrestling hall of fame. Uh, let's go ahead and see if we can throw one more high spots question up here. I know we're going to be coming back and talking about it here this evening. Wow, another great question here. With the great mood is set to retire, do you think that the legends here in the United States have uh, may have ruined their legacies after their uh, wrestling after their assumed retirements? I'm gonna say right now, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on the soapbox right now. There have been so many retirements in the world of professional wrestling, especially in the United States. You don't truly know when something's going to happen until it happens. I mean, again, there's a lot of guys. Uh, one that naturally pops into my head is Terry Funk and Mick Foley, two guys that have given themselves to the wrestling business. And as we see here, uh, I mean, again, how many times has Terry Funk retired? <laughs> I mean, I just kind of what you're looking at here. But, I mean, again, uh, another one, I got to say it here. Um, in the last year, you've had a Ric Flair. You've had a Ricky Steamboat. I mean, Ricky Steamboat unretired to wrestle at WrestleMania 25. Uh, I remember that next night he wrestled at that 10-man tag, and they were chanting, you still got it. You still got it. Um, Sting is another one. I mean, again, to me, I've always been one of those, and, and, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you here, Justin, in a second. Yeah. I've always been one when you take off your, your, your wrestling boots, you leave them at the ring, you're done. 
It's just like uh, uh, JR said back, I think it was a countdown to AEW's first event. A lot of people said, when you turn in your jersey, that's it. You're done. You're done playing the game. You're done being a part of the team. And I'm going to tell you right now, to me, I know this event's coming soon. Uh, I believe it's Pro Wrestling Noah. This I'm weekend. Say, yeah, but let's say pro, pro. when it comes down to it, the great Muda has had a storied career. And you're going to see, hopefully we're going to see the uh, a fitting end when it comes to a great career in the great Muda as a part of this event. Uh, Justin, I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you here as it relates to uh, this question. Okay, so I really think they're doing this well with the retirement of the great Muda. Uh, I wanted to have this question thrown in there because uh, as a Midwest pro wrestling uh, podcast, uh, I haven't heard too much of uh, New Japan stuff, pro wrestling Noah stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan out of the States wrestling. I, I would, I, my dream when I, when I was in the business was to wrestle in Japan, not, you know, WWE, TNA, WCW. It was to wrestle in Japan. And, uh, I like the way they have, uh, set out this retirement, uh, plan for Muda, um, you know, you got, you know, we're saying about Terry Funk and, and Mick Foley and Mick Foley lost a loser must retire match to Triple H in 2000 at No Way Out in a hell in a cell. Then uh, a month later, they got him wrestling in a fatal four way for the title and the main event of Mania. I, it just it just boggles my mind. You got Ric Flair who lost a retirement match to Shawn Michaels. And then maybe uh, like two years later, he's uh, flopping around uh, the TNA Impact Wrestling ring. Uh, it just boggles my mind. They have no respect for, you know, I know they, they can't get it out of their system. And I'm hoping, uh, I'm you know, um, Muda doesn't uh, make, uh, you know, kick me in the ass, uh, make me look like a liar. But I'm hoping, you know, uh, with his legacy, uh, he uh, stays retired. And, uh, you know, this in the last year, uh, he stays retired, hopefully, um I'm just, I'm sorry. I lost, <laughs> I lost my, I, I lost steam. I'm reading comments on the, on, on the screen and I lost my train of thought, but, uh, uh, alpha, I'm sure you have some, uh, uh, you have some uh, thoughts on this and maybe I can get back to my thought process here. Sure. Um, do I believe legends here in the States have ruined their legacy by wrestling after their assumed retirements? Yes, absolutely. Do I think great Muda is one of them? No, <laughs> only because he got an opportunity with a match with Shinsuke Nakamura, which I think a lot of people, e even just the match itself, just the hype of the idea that WWE was letting Shinsuke Nakamura come over to Japan to give great Muda, the great Muda, his final match, I think speaks volumes. And I also think it helps the fact that Muda honestly can still go pretty good. Like, especially given the guy's age and where he's at 60. right now. And he's 60. Exactly. He's born in, yeah. He's born in 62. He just turned 60. So so, and Drew Chandler bringing up a fantastic point here in the comment section, but the fact that people like the Danielson and Edge came back, even though they officially retired, it's one of those things where, you know, does it me... lend itself to stuff happening? Yes. But in the cases of like really bad retirements, all I can really think of is everybody knows that Ric Flair match and then Shawn Michaels coming out. So can I, you know. can I, I'm sorry to, 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 
keep on squawking. I should have rephrased, you know, because I did turn that question in, Luke. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I should have rephrased that to the ones who lost retirement matches, you know, because Danielson and Brian did come back, you know, from it. And also Shawn Michaels in 2002, you know. So maybe I should have rephrased it a little better uh, to where wrestlers who have lost retirement matches and then later on they go back on it, you know. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, because uh, it, it probably would have seemed a little better because we it seems like we have a good debate now on this, on uh, wrestlers who retire coming back. And uh, my, you know what, I think mine is uh, wrestlers who have retired and come back. That's what kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah, and right now, Justin, I mean, as you as you talk about what's here, here, uh, again, you're looking at a situation that when you have professional wrestlers that are um, that lose the matchup, lose that retirement match, and um, and they come back. I mean, that's one of those that you sit there and you, I mean, again, that should be there. That's it. They're done. But, I mean, again, when you sit here and look at it, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that a lot of people compare uh, to a lot of professional wrestlers in Japan is that when they retire, they retire. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you've got wrestlers like uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, a man that um, that retired. And, again, that was all part of Wrestle Kingdom. You've got uh, Liger among others, uh, uh, Muda among others. And when you sit here, and, and, and yes, I see the comment here from from Drew, and then thank you, Drew, for trying to uh, lighten the mood here a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead and pull that one up here real quick. Uh, what about the indie guys that wrestle once a year? <laughs> but you know, guys, I'm just going to tell you flat out. I mean, when it comes down to That's it, good one, Drew. Yeah, it, it's one of those where when you sit there and you look at professional wrestling, I mean, again, retirement. To me, I think it's to all of us really is a important thing. It's a very, a very, not just important event, but it's 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 a landmark event when people have officially decided to hang up their boots and take care of what's going on and be done with it. And I mean, again, there's a lot of wrestlers who've made their way uh, forward, and and when they're done, they're done. Um, well, speaking of which, let's go ahead here. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about a lot of things regarding the world of professional wrestling here on the WrestleTop podcast. But at this time, I'm going to go ahead. And, and Chris, I don't know if anybody wants to see Luke Roberts wrestle one more match. I will be the final <laughs> opponent. I will come back to retire you, Luke Roberts. I think well, a lot of people would have fun seeing that. Well, like I said, that that's that's one individual opinion. But you know what? Speaking, <laughs> you're talking about St. Louis professional wrestling. Uh, our first guest here this evening is a man who's known professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area for a long time. Uh, he's had an opportunity. I've had the chance to be in many a locker room with this man. I know that, that Justin Wade's been in the ring several times with this man. It's been a long time. Boy. A long time around. And it's going to be our honor and privilege here to bring forward a man who has seen a lot, who's done a lot in the world of professional wrestling. And now he's getting an opportunity to give back to the world of professional wrestling. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in this particular interview. So ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor and privilege to go ahead and welcome in here a man who's been a referee, who's been a commissioner, who's been a trainer, you name it. He's done it in the world of professional wrestling. I'm going to welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast for the second time, the one and only big time Jimmy Harris. Jim, how are you doing this evening, sir? 
I'm doing a lot better here lately. We're sick for a while, but I'm doing better today. <laughs> well, it's good to see you join us. Good to see your good health, your gym. And, and the first question I've got to ask you, and I mean, again, we've been kind of talking about it here all evening. And, and again, you being around professional wrestling for a long time, uh, you, know, you know how the, the, the travels of the road and how things go. Um, I got to ask you right now. I mean, again, it kind of shocked us all here with what we're, we're I guess we're going to have to say is the potential passing of Jay Briscoe here earlier this uh, late this afternoon, early this evening. Um, do you have any uh, thoughts about the, the situation? I mean, again, we're getting news. I mean, literally by the second year, but I mean, again, I want to, I like your thoughts about what we've been hearing throughout the media this evening. You know, it's, it's sad when somebody goes that early in life, uh, especially a great talent, high flyers. Uh, it's a shame. My prayers are to his family and to his wrestling family. Uh, you know, Godspeed, and it is true. And uh, it's it's a sad day. We're we're losing more and more wrestlers every time I turn around. There's somebody leaving, and uh, it's just scary to know that tomorrow's not promised, and you never know what where it lies. So you make do with what you got, and and do the best you can with what you got. That is that is very true, Jim. Hearing lots of things here, and one of the things that really stood out here, and I've been seeing it a lot on my feeds, is one of the first, if not the first, to announce it was current ROH and AEW owner Tony Khan. Uh, again, that's one of those where if you're going to get a statement, I mean, with the exception of maybe the family, uh, if, if again that's going to be one of those that I mean, you gotta you gotta take it with a a very very heavy heart. Um, but like I said, um, I want to go ahead and change gears here. I know you've been on the program before. We've talked about your um, history in the wrestling right. business. I got to ask you, first of all, what have you been up to? I know last time that you were here, you were uh, assuming a corner office, I guess would be the best way to put it, as a, a <laughs> professional wrestling. What have you been up to? Well, uh, we got together. Uh, I've been working with Billy Diamond and some other folks then we decided to start our own little group uh COVID kind of put us on hold for a little while but we're back training again i'm here uh in desoto right now in their gym in the background slamming around uh billy diamond's in there working with them now uh but i am now the owner and promoter of st louis championship uh pro wrestling now <clears throat> so we're hoping to kick uh stuff off this year and, and then uh cool. i mean again another world I, I had another title. I know you're tired of my title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you're just going to keep adding more and more, more and more accolades to an already career. Um, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead here and switch things up here. Uh, I know that you're very familiar with our broadcast colleague, uh, Justin Wade. I know you've read oh, yeah. a few of his <laughs> <laughs> I got a story. I got a story about one of his ma matches he read. Oh, Lord. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, you saved me. You saved me. And uh, I'll, I'll, Rob, Luke, you want me to say, tell it now? Well, I mean, again, as long as long as you feel like sharing it, I mean, as long as hopefully it's not embarrassing. I no, mean, no, it's embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for me. Okay, so I was wrestling uh, uh, Big Texan in his right. uh, very first match at Broadway. He choke slammed the life out of me where I landed on my shoulders, knocked the wind out of me. And Jim Harris, big, uh, he's down counting. And in my head, I'm like, all right, jump out at two. And he hits the man for the third time, and I yell out, no! 
And he goes, that's, you only get one. And the match kept going, but my, I was not, I was not gloopy. And Jim goes, I remember, you know, I, I probably had a concussion, but in my head, I could hear it echoing, you only get one. And uh, he saved me from a match going home too soon. You know, it was, yeah. it was hilarious because that choke slam should have been the, uh, the finish. But it, we had a match all planned out where that was like, you know, just a climax, you know, a false finish. Uh, but the way I uh, I overjumped when he picked me up for that choke slam, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Big Jim uh, he saved me a couple times. So, <laughs> well, you know, ref- that's one of the things I push with these guys about special referees. You're the third man in the ring, and you're just as important as the two that are in the ring. Yep. If you don't pay attention to the crowds and the noise levels, and and watch the wrestlers themselves, and if something goes wrong, you got to shut it down. If it's going too slow, we got to pick it up. If it's going too fast, we got to slow it down. You know, and that's the thing with referees now. It drove me crazy when I started seeing referees wear earpieces. That just drives me crazy. It's like if you don't know the business, you don't go in the ring and work with these guys working out in the ring, then how can you really uh, be a good referee if you don't even understand what's going on and take the bumps with them? And, and our broadcast colleague, Chris Rodell, throwing a comment out here, also being a former referee, uh, looking at things the refs are much more important than you think. I totally agree with you there. Now, Jim, I'm going to go ahead here, and I want to throw something out here. And I mean, you've been around wrestling for a long, long time. Um, I want to take a minute here and ask you, a longtime member of the professional wrestling community, can you share with us one thing? that you would say is your greatest memory about being inside the squared circle, uh, referee, commissioner, trainer, you name it. What would be probably the biggest thing that you remember from your time inside the fame squared circle? Oh man, that's a whole lot. <laughs> uh, to narrow down to one thing is kind of rough. I, I think maybe when I retired out of reaction was my highlight. I was over at SICW for the last show. And uh, I actually got my first pin and win as ICW as a referee. Uh, with uh, I was working with Ricky Cruz and uh, the Viking at that time, and uh, they allowed me to pin the Viking, and I got a one, two, three count. And Larry Mazak was announcing it, and uh, even made a big deal out of it, and it actually went on TV and stuff. So I think that's probably the biggest thing because that was kind of the respect that the wrestlers had for me. So, uh, and uh, I share that back every chance I get. Respect is the biggest thing. And if you can't have respect in the ring, you don't belong in that ring, you know. Uh, and I love working with everybody I work with. And that's probably my highlight. That was a good way to end being in the ring as a, a worker. And uh, it was a good way to end the career. And, and again, in it's one of those, <laughs> you look at things, I mean, again, having the opportunity to be in the ring, and again, the names that you mentioned, I mean, if you talk about somebody today like a Ricky Cruz, that's definitely a name that you definitely want to be connected to. Now, I'm a level with you, Jim. You've known me for many years. You've known Justin for many years. Alpha is probably the, the youngest and newest member of the Russell Talk Podcast broadcast family. And I'm going I'm to tell you, in all the interviews we've had with this man, he's not only been spitting fire, as they say, but he's also really hit the home run <laughs> question. So I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to the outcome. I know that he's got some questions that he'd like to ask of you here this evening on the program. Okay. 
Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, first of all. Um, I, anybody that I get an opportunity to talk to in the business, I have to say. Um, if I have to stir about this for a second, uh, my biggest question. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to avoid the obvious. <laughs> really yeah, you're all good. Well, um, just to throw one out there, where'd you get the name Big Time from? Actually, it was given to me by uh, Gary Jackson and the Lumberjacks. Uh, one of the things that I earned my way through, and, and Luke can remember this, and I, I know Justin does too, I was the only referee for him all this time at MMWA, SICW, and a couple other shows. So I did every single match. So when it got to a point where we had somebody come in and started helping me after Bobby had retired out of the ring, uh, then that's when I started getting asked by a lot of the name guys to be in their matches. So they would say, hey, we want big time in our matches. big time. Uh, okay. All because, right. uh, you know, and that's where, if you really like the little trading card at MWR, but I tell me, uh, you know, I referee Randy Orton's first match when he started off at MMWA, trained at our, our gym. Uh, so I started his career off with us. And then uh, I started doing stuff with uh, a lot of different guys, you know, Savon Rowski and uh, all those guys, big uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan. I was in all their matches. And uh, so when we did shows over at uh, Alton Bell Casino, I had all the big matches over there. So that's what they called big time. He could do the big matches. Okay. Okay. I, I, I guess the name sticks then, huh? <laughs> yeah, it has so far. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then I guess the I guess it's just as somebody who's never done this. Uh, what would you say is probably? I'm assuming you've taken a ref a ref bump before. Uh, if, if that's oh. fair to us. No. Um, I've been spiked pile drive by Ron Powers. I've. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I've been hit with chairs. <laughs> yeah, I've been hit with chairs. I've taken bumps out of the ring, in the ring. Uh, like I said, I'm not one of those guys that sat on the side. When I trained, I was in the ring training with those guys to a point where I became a trainer. Uh, I was probably the hardest guy on cardio because I hated guys getting in the ring and be blown out in five minutes, couldn't even make a five-minute match. So my dad told me, you ain't got no cardio. You need to get in there and work on your cardio. So. And uh, one of the guys we're putting in the Hall of Fame is like my distant cousin. And he, he told me once, he says, Jesus Christ, I'm your cousin. You're trying to kill me because I had the cardio going so strong. Uh, I'm a firm believer. And he said, no, if you're breathing, you're, you're okay. Keep moving, you know. Uh, but the problem is a lot of these guys, they, they all want to high fly. Nobody knows how to chain wrestle anymore. Uh, you know, it's about learning the basics, know the basics, understand the chains, understand how to take those bumps. And if you're a good referee, you're in there training with them. You're taking those bumps. I can hip toss slam. I, uh, I was in Tennessee with uh, Boogie Woogie Man and Moon Dogs, and uh, we had a rookie in there that says I can take a chop for everybody. By the time me and Moon Dog got in there, his chest was bloodied up by the time we got done. So, you know, it's about knowing the business, and you can't know unless you're in there actually doing it. So, Well, I'm going to throw one out here, guys. And, again, we're going to know these names. Alpha, if you haven't learned these names, you're going to have to i got to throw this one at you. I'm going to throw four names at you. Hardest chop you've ever been in the ring with. Bear with me. You've got Moondog. Right. Keith Smith. 
Ricky Cruz or Ed Smith? Ed Smith. <laughs> Matter of fact, Ed Smith was my trainer as a referee. So Ed, uh, Ed would give me hell if I didn't do something right. And the first thing out of his mouth is, what the hell are you doing out there? What is wrong with you? You know, so I got a butt chewing every every show. <laughs> so well, Tim, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you got it for that. I was, I was probably getting it for running the sound equipment at the South Broadway Athletic Club. It's something not going right or the microphone cutting out or something along those lines. But when it comes oh, yeah. to it, I mean, Ed knew his stuff. I mean, he had spent many years dealing with wrestling at the Chase and being at the Coruscant Room and the Checker Dome and all the venues here in the Midwest. Ed Smith, again, a phenomenal in-ring referee. And one of those you really didn't see unless, as, as Big Time will tell you, unless he was enforcing the rules. Oh, yeah. And God help you if you didn't listen, pay attention to him. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember I remember one of the first times, and again, Jim has had the opportunity to know my brother used to be a competitor for a number of years. Ed Smith hit my brother with a chop. And now here's a man, I mean, my brother was a big guy. At the time, he's about 375 pounds, just a big, burly guy. And he had chest hair, a T-shirt, and a sweatshirt, and a heavy-duty sweatshirt on. Ed chopped him one time and was hard enough to pretty much all the way across his chin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's one of very fortunate that I didn't have to step in the ring with Ed Smith because Ed Smith, and I always prided myself on being able to take care of him in the ring. He takes that simple. If I'm the only one here, just just call me out. I, there is a difference, in my opinion, where I've worked with hair on my chest and been chopped, and it hurts like hell, and have a chaves chest and been chopped, and it doesn't hurt as bad. Is there? Am I the only one, or is there? Is there a core? Is there a? Uh, I don't get it. It just uh, stings like hell more when you don't groom yourself. Uh, so to speak. So yeah, that's why you see a lot of bare-chested wrestlers nowadays. Yes. <laughs> You'll see too many hairy-chested people. Yeah, it's, it's pretty I, painful. <laughs> I, I, Luke, let me take uh, this next question here. I do have a question for you, Jim. And again, it's uh, thank you for being on the show with us, you know, and I've always respected you and stuff like that. And thank you for always being fair to me and Luke. And hopefully down the road, you can be more fair to Mr. Alpha here, the youngin. Uh, anyways, uh, you are, you are, you're part of the, the St. Louis uh, Hall of Fame committee. Is that correct, sir? Yes, I actually own the Independent St. Louis Hall of Fame. Uh, okay. I, I put together a sure committee. <laughs> Um, go ahead. In the selection, how do, how do, how does the selection process go when it comes to uh, choosing who's going to be in the next class? Well, our our thing was that we wanted people like you were just talking about earlier. If you're retired, you're retired. Uh, you know, a lot of us know when we're done, we're done. You know, uh, and the thing was that we wanted some uh, that were popular in the Metro East area that help put where we're at today. The STL and wrestling is just that. It started in St. Louis. It stayed in St. Louis. And, uh, and St. Louis is a big part. It, and what people don't realize is that it took the independent circuit in order to get those guys to WWE and wrestling at the chase. Without your independence, they don't exist. So there's a lot of guys that did travel and did stuff. And so part of our selection was that they had to be a big part of the community. They had to be a big part of helping, like, training and and giving back to to the to the system, 
Uh, I know a lot of guys are paying to get training when we were doing it. We didn't get paid. Our payment was to come back and train the next group. And uh, we never asked for money and anything like that. We, our thing was we want you to be the best you could be and go as far as you could go. So well, part of the selection committee was that you, you need to be retired. We prefer you stay out of retirement. Uh, you had to be a contributor to the independent wrestling circuit. And uh, and you had, had a little bit of longevity to it. You know, a lot of guys come and go. Some guys I've known came, didn't last two, three shows, never saw them again. You know, and other guys have been around like me. I've been in business 35 plus years. So, you know, those are the people that you look for. So when I uh, what I did was I put together a group of people that can help with that selection because the first time everybody's mouth is, oh, you're gonna pick all your buddies or you're gonna do all this and that. And my thing is, I'm I'm one to pick people from who work Dynamo, Gateway, uh, MMWA, SICW, uh, all these guys, you know, that were a big part of what's going on. <clears throat> so the selection goes that way. They take a vote and they decide who to go in. Uh, and that's how we got where we're at today. The first two people we put in was Tony Costa and Herb Sanders. That's how we started it off. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, you, you got to put the biggest promoters out there at that time. It's those two guys. You know, uh, Harley's already in the other Hall of Fame, so there was no need to put Harley in there because he's at the Wrestling and Chase Hall of Fame. <clears throat> so then we went on and picked the next group. And then like Ron Powers and Big Daddy and Giant Assassin. Hell, those are the names that went traveled throughout all the organizations. So, you know, again, Ron Powers is known for WCW and, and those areas, you know. Uh, so my thing was retired, big part of the community, big part of giving back to the wrestling and uh, showcasing and showing that I can come and do what I need to do. Right now we're training. We're not asking for any money. We're in here training these new young kids just like we were training. So we want them to be the best they can be. And the only way to do that is get in their hands on and show them how to do it. So you want to get to the Hall of Fame, be a big part of what's going on in the community of wrestling and the community that you serve and you live in. Well, and, and Jim, I'm going to go ahead and I want to, I want to talk real quick. Uh, I know we have a few more minutes with you here. Uh, looking at the Hall of Fame here, just to let you know, for those who would be interested in this area, on June 11th, Starting at 12 p.m., we're going to have the induction of the Hall of Fame. And the names here, I'm going to tell you right now, and Justin, this may show my age a little bit. <laughs> I know everybody on this list. I mean, again, I'm going to start off. And, Jim, I'm just going to – I mean, again, we know, obviously, first of all, congratulations to yourself. Uh, Thank you. The 2023 class. Long overdue. That is true. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I, I told him I didn't want to go in yet because there was a lot of people I thought were ahead of me. And so my name was, I never threw my name in there and they did it behind my back anyway. So, well, you know, I say you're long overdue in hopes that if you ever come back into the stripes and I'm in the ring, you kind of, you know, uh, wing yeah, wing. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Well, right now, let's look at let's look at the other inductees here. First one, for those in St. Louis area, a man known as Wayne St. Wayne, more commonly known as Dr. Blood. Jim, for those that aren't familiar with Dr. Blood, can you give a little bit of background behind Dr. Blood and his career here in the St. Louis area? Yeah, and actually, Dr. Blood uh, trained with uh, the Hart found uh, Stu Hart and all them, and uh, oh, wow. uh, he, he actually worked uh, over at Stampede Wrestling when Stampede Wrestling was around. 
if you look for him, you're not going to find him under Dr. Blood or Wayne St. Wayne. He's actually Mike Hammer over at the Stampede. So if you look for Mike Hammer, you'll see a young Wayne St. Wayne. When he, uh, when he first started off, he's almost Jay Bald, <laughs> if you look at him. And if you see him when we were working with him, he had the longest hair of any of them. So uh, big change. Uh, he, he has a huge history. And he was a local artist as well. So he did a lot of paintings in uh, a lot of the different restaurants on South Grand Boulevard. Uh, oh, so if awesome. you go down some of those, you'll see some of his paintings there. And uh, he's got a page on Facebook. It's the Wayne St. Wayne page. You can see some of his drawings that he did stuff on there as well. I remember one of the paintings my brother actually had one commission from him. The title of the painting, and bear with me here, if you know Wayne St. Wayne, Dr. Club, like I do, and, and like big time Jim Harris does, yet another self-portrait done without a mirror. Exactly right. <laughs> I, will, I will go and leave that there with the, with the legacy of Dr. Blood. The next one is Buddy Stevens. A lot of people didn't know Buddy Stevens, but I had an opportunity many times. Buddy Stevens was a great in-ring competitor. Can you share a little bit about Buddy Stevens? Yeah, Buddy was uh, one of those guys that you learned in the ring as you went. Uh, and Buddy was uh, a fair guy. You know, he, uh, he liked the hand signals and he liked to talk. Very little talking, but when you got upstairs, he was no problem discussing with you what went wrong, what you could do better. Uh, great guy. He was one of the better of the group. And uh, he took the time to talk to you and explain to you what went wrong and what, what you did good, what you did bad. So awesome guy. Uh, next one, Rick Brewer. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Dirty Rick Brewer, the Brewer brothers, you know. It was Rick, Ron, and all those guys. And uh, – Rick was something else, man, <laughs> with his motorcycle boots. And uh, uh, Rick was another no-nonsense guy, but he was a hell of a heel. And uh, another guy that you learned real quick. If you didn't, he taught you. <laughs> you learned you learn fast in the ring if you didn't pay attention. Why is another one that you may be familiar with, and they're not being inducted, but uh, I remember back early in my career, a team of uh, Jeff Hawkins, the hangman. The hangman, yep. <laughs> yep. I'll tell you right now, they're, they had probably the longest ring introduction I could ever imagine. But when they came out to the ring, you knew it was on. And both oh, yeah. Delivering when that ring. bell rung, it was, it was party time. <laughs> very, true, very true. The next one, I'm going to go ahead and share a story here about our next inductee, Bill Shields. Oh, and yeah. I've known you many, many years. I've never told you this story. Okay. The very I, I've known you, Jim, but I've never Justin's one of the men I trained to get into this business many years ago. I've never shared this story. I bought my very first pair of wrestling boots back in 1995 from Bill Shields. I was 11, and these boots managed to last me almost a year before I was able to make the change into something else. But I mean, again. Bill Shields was always a great guy in the ring. I was in the ring. Another one that would tell you this is what you did right, this is what you did wrong. And I have nothing but the other I think he's a very welcome addition to the class. And the last one is the Freedom Team, the Freedom Rider and the Ghetto Grove. Yeah, now there was some dirty group. <laughs> oh, those yeah. two men were double tough. And I mean, again, they looked like one of those one of those guys that literally would drive their Harley, park it, get in a fight on a Saturday night, and then they go somewhere else to go party. Yeah, exactly right. And that's that's why we all liked it like we did. And, you know, we still got a lot more people going in, too. Uh, so it's a big Hall of Fame going in uh, this year. You know, uh, 
Big Mama Love's going in this year. You know, uh, she's been around for quite a while, a woman's champion, and uh, her and Lacey and uh, uh, Darla and all them fought back and forth crazy. I, I remember a story when I went out uh, with them after a show, we went to the bar, and Mama Love and uh, Terry, the Irish Terry decided to start wrestling in the bar. <laughs> so it was an interesting night that night. Uh, and then we also got uh, Bobby Patton. He's going in, you know. Another Bobby, uh, yeah, well-deserved and time for him to be in. You got Billy Diamond going in. So we almost got all the St. Louis connection in there now. Uh, you also got to remember we did the Jewel, uh, Jerry Bullion Award, which is a fan favorite. Everybody that's been wrestling knows the Bullions and the Menders. Uh, they've been around forever. And uh, our friend Jerry had passed away with the COVID. And so we made an award of the Jerry Bullion Award. And the person going in under Jerry Bullion Award is going to be Earl Hebner. Uh, so we have, uh, he'll go in with his brother Dave is already in there. And then we also put together the Pete Parisi Award. And Pete Parisi is the one that really got all of us onto the cable stations. Um, Pete Parisi, you know, he was out there while World Wrestling was kind of nutsy. But uh, you can't ever forget those shows. I mean, you know, Pete Parisi. So we, Pete Parisi would be going in under that uh, format as uh, the background person that helped get us started into the uh, cable networks. And then last but not least, we're also putting in uh, my cousin, uh, Gino the Exterminator. So his wife uh, will be there to accept for him. And, and, and everybody like, knows who that is. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we've got a, a from top to bottom a great list going into the 2023 Independent St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, like I said, we've got uh, just a, just a few moments left with you, Jim, here this evening. I've got to ask you right now, uh, with with from being in the ring, competitor, referee, trainer. What would you say is the one thing that you would like people in the St. Louis uh, wrestling scene to remember about big time Jim Harrison? Uh, that I was a person that was about our fans, uh, that I uh, always looked out for our fans. Uh, I was behind a lot of the stuff where we were collecting items uh, for the fans. We did a lot of shows where we were giving out backpacks and uh, we collected bears. And uh, the thing behind the bears was where we were giving them to the first responders so when they uh, had to go to a call and deal with a child that was involved in any kind of emergency that they were able to get those bears to help comfort the children and stuff. And, uh, you know, our thing is that we want to give back and my, that I always gave back and that I uh, did what needed to be done for the community, for the wrestling business. And uh, I try to be fair about everything I do, you know, and then I've got no problem. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. You'll never see me out there blasting people like I've been watching do on a regular basis because that's a part of being professional. And that was professional, fair, and about the fans. Most true, Jim. Like I said, for those that are in the St. Louis area that want to take part in the 2023 St. Louis Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, it'll be on June 11th, starting from 12 to 3 at Andre's Banquet Hall in South County. Uh, again, it's going to be a great afternoon of professional wrestling. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts? Before we let, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Jim, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, it just occurred to me, 
you, with your knowledge of wrestling in the St. Louis area and me watching Tales from the Territories lately on television, why don't you, you and a few other of the legends of the St. Louis area do a roundtable podcast every once in a while to give in, you know, some stories of the fans? Does that sound like something that uh, would be up your alley somewhere down the road? I, I think that would be great. Uh, yeah. hell, I got I can get Nick right now and he can tell you all kinds of stories about him as well. Saying, I don't, you know, you know there, there, there wasn't, there wasn't an episode on the tales of the territories of the St. Louis, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know St. Louis history. But and I'm, I'm, I swear you guys could probably put on an eight part show if you know at the least, you know. So uh, I, you I know. believe that. Yeah, we, we got the story. Some stories you probably couldn't tell on the TV. Oh, that's but. okay. You know, we just kind of put a disclaimer. You know, uh, viewer discretion is advised. You know, so, uh, yeah. But no, that's just, yeah. I just had an idea as I'm listening to you tell, you know, the, the Hall of Fame and stuff of the lineage of St. Louis wrestling. Uh, it goes so far well, back, and you know, we're so grateful that uh, there's people like you around to, uh, to educate fans and, uh, you know, workers alike that uh, don't know it and need to respect it. Yeah. So, yeah. And like I said, and, and, and we have a quick plug to DeSoto Gym, you know, uh, you want to train, you want to learn. Billy Diamond and myself come down here on Tuesdays and Thursdays to train with these guys. If you want to learn, be a wrestler, want to be a good referee, want to get the background on standing, check out the solo gym at 400 North Main. You know, Ryan, he uh, kind of runs it all at 636-725-6749. And uh, they're part of the Fight Club Championship Wrestling that we're uh, associated with right now that we're working with. So we're, we're about working as a team, a group, and train some great people and carries a legacy on that's what we want to do all right well ladies and gentlemen you heard it here big time jim harris member of the 2023 st louis independent wrestling hall of fame class jim i gotta say once again honored privilege to have you on the program and i know for a fact that hopefully down the road as we get closer and closer to the um hall of fame we might have a few special guests here coming in from the hall of fame again jim honor of uh, privilege as always we look forward to seeing you back here on the Good seeing you again, jim. oh i appreciate it man it's great seeing you guys again keep your eyes open on the pages because we're talking about maybe having this as a two-day affair so there might be a wrestling show and fan fest prior to the uh, hall of fame the next day so we'll All let right. you know we'll keep you guys up a little bit of a scoop right here on the wrestle top podcast <laughs> jim harris thank you for coming on the program and we'll see you real soon Thank you, guys. Appreciate you all. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, big time Jim Harris here on the Russell Talk Podcast, guys. Got a lot of great info here, a lot of great inductees. If you're in the St. Louis area on, on June 11th, you need to make it a point to head on out. It's going to be a great afternoon of professional wrestling history and stories, you name it. A great opportunity. And, guys, it's just going to keep on coming here. We've got uh, the mad conservative crime fighter, Stephen Lucas, going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, do you have a little bit more info that's been shared throughout the media? Yeah, it's, uh, it's everywhere now. Yeah, I uh, uh, just want to yeah. give you a little bit of info. Yeah. Let me go ahead and pull up what we have. Because I grew my go-to. Uh, basically, uh, a, it was in Laurel, Delaware. Uh, fatal collision, two dead, according to the, the Delaware State Police. Uh, approximately 5.30 p.m. Uh, caused an extended road closure. Uh, again, for those that are just joining us, uh, we have received from multiple news outlets the death of Ring of Honor's Jay Briscoe. Uh, also, we were just made aware two additional injuries may have occurred or have occurred. Uh, again, we're keeping an eye on that. Again, unfortunately, one of the things that we have to follow as a part of the live media here on the Russell Talk podcast every Tuesday night. And guys, I'd say right now, 
We're going to have the, the mad conservative crime fighter here in just a couple minutes. But I'm going to go ahead. We're going to take just a brief break. And what I mean by a brief break is we're going to turn in the man. We're going to turn to the man who's known for being behind Royal Mills Transportation. We also know that we're going to throw it to a man who's known as the CEO of the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor and privilege to go ahead. If you bring him up here on the screen, the one, the only, the CEO, Dewan Mills, hit that music for the CEO. All right. I don't know if you're going to get the music tonight, CEO. Hey, normally, here's the deal. Normally, you guys going into OT is kind of stressful because I'm on somewhat of a schedule, but it's fine because I'm stressed out right now. KU versus K-State overtime, 74 to 74. Now, many of you guys out there may not be KU fans, but I'm Rock Chalk Jayhawk all day. I got the red and the blue lights. I'm kicking it, but I'm not going to take all night because I got a game to watch. Uh, prayers and condolences to the Briscoes, man. Jesus, that's that's like that news broke right when the show got started, man. And as soon as, you know, Chris came on, I know exactly what he was going to talk about, man. It's crazy. Well, well, uh, Dewan. I mean, again, we're talking about the idea here, and I'm not even going to throw up Chris's comment here because I know that might get you a little fired up here. You know what? No, let's go ahead and throw it up here. Chris thinks he's trying to be humorous here on the show. Go What's ahead up? and throw up his comment here. Oh, here we go. We know I'm not going to have this discussion. We <laughs> will not have this discussion tonight. Me and Chris will talk later. Okay. <laughs> you talk about Miz. What about Sec? Kicking oh. M-I-Z all over the SEC. We'll get back to that later. All right, well, Juan, let's go ahead and talk about the FWWC. I know you got a little bit of information here to share tonight. I know we're going to have the mad conservative crime fighter here in just a couple minutes. Uh, what can you share about the FWWC upcoming events? I know we've got the Royal Rumble coming up, and we have the FWWC tonight on Thursday night. What can you share with us here tonight? I mean, last week you dropped the bombshell with the Alpha and Remy Ricks. What else can you yes, give sir. us this week? Yes, sir. So this week I'm going to drop the last scheduled match for FWWC Royal Rumble coming up January 28th, Saturday. So if someone could put that graphic up for me, this is the last scheduled match on the card. As I've been saying, I've been dropping cards day by day. You know, not all of them in one time. Or so I've been dropping matches, not all of them in one time, but bit by bit. So. What in the hell is going to be happening at FWC Royal Rumble? What is the highest in the ring? What is a scaffold eight-man tag match? I will tell you exactly what it is, baby, because this is the season finale of the FWC in season 10, and things are going to be crazy. Things are going to be nuts. And I was thinking in my mind, I got my boys in there. I got the Saviors of Funk. I got the Spartans are champion, Funky Flex, Swag, Sick. All of NFG, basically, save your sink. And what better way to kick off this match? What better way to take the Royal Rumble of the FWC higher than higher than the highest in the ring scaffold eight-man tag match? That is right. It would be Funky Flex, our Spartans Heart Champion, Swag, our hybrid television champion, and Sick, our European champion, also Sabre Saint, all representing NFG, taking on none other than their fellow Saviors of Funk members. The Prophets of Madness, our current FWC World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, 
also teaming up with our FWWC Hardcore Champion and the number one contender for the FWWC Spartan Star Championship, Robert. The ring will start at the bottom, and it will raise all the way to the scaffold, baby. And the only way to get eliminated in this match is by pinfall, submission, or somebody just falls out of the ring and, you know, splat. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's going down. It's going to be nuts. And this Thursday, I will rehash and retag the complete card for FWWC Royal Rumble. And we will also be talking about this upcoming Friday's FWWC Friday Night Fights Live Challenge is going down. Exhibition of a Lifetime. We saw the Exhibition of a Lifetime this past Monday. This Friday, it continues and it's going down. But make sure you tune into the FWWC tonight, this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. I'm out. It's 7776 KU with three minutes left in overtime. It's going down, man. It's going down, Luke. All right. Well, CEO, I'm going to let you get back to Kansas and K-State. Again, it's going to be right down to the wire. FWWC tonight on Thursday night, 7 p.m., right here on all your great social media outlets. Friday, you're going to have Friday night fights. And, of course, the Royal Rumble event coming up soon. Alpha, I know you're here. Justin, you're here. Uh, guys, I got to tell you. I mean, Keep I, things I, rolling. It's going to be a great it's going to be a great card. It's going to be a great night of professional wrestling action. And right now, as we have here, we're just going to keep things right on rolling. Again, we're a few minutes behind schedule, but it's not a big deal because actually, matter of fact, our next guest is somebody who's been on the program and he knows what's going on. He's a very knowledgeable man throughout the area. And actually, he, like ourselves, have been following this major breaking news story here this evening. And I want to go ahead and bring on once again a man who's no stranger to the Wrestle Talk podcast, the one, the only, the mad conservative crime fighter, Stephen Lucas. Now, now, Steve, I got I gotta throw this at you real quick here. And I know you've been kind of getting this information. We've been getting information from various outlets. I've just got something here a few minutes ago from the AP as well. Um, I gotta ask you. What are your thoughts? I mean, again, this is not the way that we want to start any program, let alone somebody who, who has such a reputation in the professional wrestling world. What are your thoughts about, I, I have to say, the late Jay Briscoe? I don't know. It's going to be, it just happened and people are in shock and people are going to be uh, in mourning. Uh is a loss of the wrestling world because you know you had your top well, your top tag teams of all time and now it's now just uh, now that there will never be another Briscoe's tag match yeah and I mean again when you sit there and you look at it I mean these men have had countless championships I believe they were 12 time and reigning ring of honor up to 13 now this yeah. is reign number 13 yeah and I mean again when you sit there and you look at, I mean, Jay, former Ring of Honor world champion as well. Uh, I mean, again, it's one of those where we're getting information in, in bits and pieces here. But again, uh, we wanted to go ahead and start off kind of getting your thoughts on uh, the situation that's going on. Now, uh, for those people who didn't get a chance to catch you last time here on the program, um, can you give us a little bit about yourself? I mean, again, you're very well known in the Midwestern wrestling community, especially in the greater St. Louis area, but we also would be considering uh, Central Illinois. I know you cover a lot of promotions like Zero One, like um, uh, PWA, uh, New. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of it. 
not there's, there's 50 feds in the state of Illinois. <laughs> I, uh, I was trying to several, say, not uh, as many in Missouri. Yeah, I know that you had, uh, I, I wanted to say it was a new breed, um, NBWA. Uh, that's gone. Yeah, that, that was a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, can you share a little bit about um, what you have as far as uh, the professional wrestling knowledge, as well as some of the promotions you cover as a part of the St. Louis wrestling community? Well, basically, I've been a wrestling fan for, what is it, so 2023. So WrestleMania 1 was like 1985, 1984, 1985. So I've been a fan for like 30 to 35 years. Um, that said, there I've for the local wrestling scene, I've only started following it about 2002. But yeah, the national promotions I followed. I watched because that was popular mm -hmm. and started with the Saturday night's main event, the very first one, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And that kind of drew me, believe it or not, Mr. T, who's in the Dirty Hall of Fame. The AT, the A-Team was a popular show. Hogan guest starred on an episode. And then uh, for some reason, I started watching and kept watching. You were one of those that kind of got roped, kind of brought into the the world of professional wrestling right at the the forefront of the rock and wrestling connection, and and you talk about Mr. T. I've got to ask you. I don't think we've ever had this conversation before. You follow wrestling for a long time. You're a longtime fan. And, and Justin, I'm going to go ahead and throw this one at you because I know the viewers of the program haven't had a chance to get this information from you. In all of your study of professional wrestling, all the matches you've watched live, in person, uh, on television, who would you say is your favorite wrestler? That's, see, a question like that, and people ask, well, what was my favorite arcade game of all time? It's like, you can't limit it down to one. Well, I'm There's so much time here. over the years. Well, There's I so many wrestlers. You have to like, I don't know, do a top five. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot right now. Your number one all time. Well, the eighties, yes, it's gonna be Hogan. The nineties, I'm not sure on that one. Uh, it could be Bret Hart. The two thousands, probably gonna be. Austin, Steve Austin, the 20 teens. I don't know. Um, on that one, well, I, I guess I enjoyed, I guess I, I, I'll just say I probably enjoyed either the rock or John Cena, the 2020s. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think a lot of us would know when it comes to the 2020s, with everything that's going on. I'm going to go ahead and follow suit here to me, the eighties, I would probably say my favorite wouldn't have been, and you're going to find this strange. I wasn't a Hogan guy. I wasn't a Flair guy. I was a Harley Race guy. And I think Harley Race is one of those that definitely needs to stand out there in the 80s, 90s. I'm probably going to say with the 90s, I would probably go Michaels. The 2000s. I, I, I'm going to say this, and I, I don't I don't think I've ever really been asked about it. The 2000s would probably be, for me, Kurt Angle. Okay. And the 2010s, hmm, 2010s. 
I'm probably going to go with Cena just because the idea, I mean, his longevity, the, the range at the top of the, of the WWE, I think it's there. Now, Justin, you've heard two completely different points of view. You've heard the mad conservative crime fighter. You've heard Luke Roberts, two men who've been around professional wrestling <laughs> for years upon years. Let's get, let's get your four. And Alpha, thank you for joining us here. We're looking at these right here. 1980s. Justin, your favorite wrestler and why? Uh, 80s would be Dynamite Kid. You know, uh, he had that hard-hitting, flying, high-flying, um, you know, uh, showmanship, you know, that you hadn't seen by other wrestlers. He had the power and the speed. That's what brought me uh, to liken him. And the 90s, uh, you know, Sting. I've always, you know, I'm, uh, I've always been a big Sting fan. Um, you know, he had that, uh, you know, the face paint looked like a superhero, but he could relate to the fan. You know, he wasn't yelling and scream. Well, yeah, he did yell and scream, but it was just to get the, the crowd worked. But when he would interview it, you could understand him. He had a point in the two thousands. It'd be Kurt Angle in the, uh, 2010s. It'd probably be Samoa Joe. So, uh, yeah. And, and today it'd probably be, you know, uh, I'm going to say, uh, either, you know, Omega or, uh, or, uh, you know, lately, as of late in the last uh, couple years, you know, um, God, uh, Roman has been, you know, doing some things, you know. Uh, you love him or hate him, he's uh, he's at the forefront of everything. So, Well, that's a, that's a wide variety there, Justin. Now, now uh, Crime Fighter, I'm going to tell you right now, we've got Justin Wade, a man you've seen compete in the ring. You've seen me be in the ring countless times. The three of us have a pretty a pretty good – knowledge of one another the alpha is the young one of the group to be honest alpha i'm just going to throw this out here what would be the first group of professional wrestlers that you could say that you followed would you say the first do what now would you say the 2000s would be the first that you would follow or do you think you could go back to the 80s and 90s and give us a favorite well (sighs) I have a lot of experience in having watched old wrestling stuff. Now I'm not completely like adherent to it. I wasn't around when it was airing specifically, but my uncle has a decent collection of stuff. So if you really need an answer for the 1980s, and I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, it's Hulk Hogan. And and if it's, and if it's not Hulk Hogan, it's Roddy Piper. And that's just because they're the two parallels for one another. When you think 1980s wrestling, when you think about that golden age of these larger than life people where everybody believed it, everybody was into it and ready for it. Nobody hits the mark harder than Hogan's. Now, as far as the 90s go, I got to jump all the way across the ocean just because the wrestling that I keep coming back to the most is all Japan pro wrestling in the nineties. It was the, it's the pillars, you know, uh, your Kawadas, your Kenta Kobashis, your Mitsuharu Misawas, and then the occasional Jumbo Saruto or like, you know, a uh, giant Baba match or Genichido Tenryu where it gets into it because I've just been watching a lot of that stuff and it, it hits way too hard because yes. Austin and rock are always in the discussion and I'm a contrarian. So I like to go the opposite way. I know about your WrestleManias. I know about your TLC matches. I know about your summer slams. I know everything that was happening between, you know, 1991 and 1999 in WWF. So for me, part of the reason I'm choosing the four pillars is just because that's the wrestling that I'm like most interested in that I want to learn about. 
that I like hearing about and that I like coming back to and being like, oh, my God, there's so many good spots in this. This crowd is like electric right now. Like people talk about The Rock being over. Akira uh, Tawe was ridiculous back in 1992. Like it was stupid how much those people cheered. Um, 2000s? Uh, it's got to be Angle. It really has to be Angle because when I think of a wrestling freak, when I think of somebody who just like absolutely completely evolved into the wrestler that we know him as and how he's going to be remembered, it's got to be Angle. And it, it's the fact that he took the broken freaking neck to a completely different aspect. When he broke his neck in that match with, oh my God, that he was wrestling with numbness in his fingers, right? WrestleMania. 17, 18, I can't remember. It was something like that. Well, the story goes in the, 96 Olymp- in the 96 Olympics, they shot him up with 17 rounds of Novocaine in his neck as he was wrestling for the Olympic gold. So, word. It just also, like, well, uh, he's also ahead. drugged up quite a bit. That's mm-hmm. true. And, you know, I've seen a photo of him with another wrestler, and his eyes were. Uh, scary looking and he was like looking for a way to uh get out of town without uh being subject to being pulled over because he was high yeah it was bad very very true true. where it happened but (laughs) 20 uh to finish wrapping up the question though uh 2010s it's got to be punk it's it really has to just I, I don't know why I think it's because that was when I first started getting back into wrestling and I managed to catch the pipe bomb live not not live like I was in the the theater or the arena but I got to catch it on TV and the entire time I'm just sitting there with my 15 year old like oh I know how wrestling works nothing's going to catch me off guard and this dude going about 8 minutes into a segment I'm just sitting there going was this was this scripted this doesn't this, this isn't supposed to happen. This is wrestling, man. And I'm just the entire time him being the talk of conversation. I got to see him at an F. Uh, I believe it was an FCW event, actually, where he wrestled John Moxley. And uh, unfortunately, Hello. I don't have that title belt anymore, but I did get a CM Punk signature. So, you know, crush legacy aside, I think at the time, Punk could not have been more over than he was in the 2010s. And in the 2020s, I really got to give it to Roman. I, I know there's a lot of people who think it should be Omega. I know there's a lot of people who think it should be, you know, Osprey. I, who There are definitely people who are in the conversation. And I, I am ready for that conversation just because I love having it. And I love hearing people's points as to, you know, what makes a good wrestler. And I think when you think about turnover rate, when you think about somebody who went from being probably one of the most despised, shoved down our throats, just complete just worst things that has ever ever happened to WWE. And now is the thing that keeps us coming back. That keeps us wanting to see the rumble that has WrestleMania sold out before they've even called a card and say what you want about how big of an influence it is or how much he actually gets credit for. But Roman is in the conversation and it's why I think he deserves my rep for that as far as the 2020s are concerned. But I hope that answer wasn't too lengthy. Um. <laughs> well, well, I can tell you right now, again, you can look here. You have four completely different p- points of view with professional wrestling. That's one of the reasons why we really would like wanted to have the uh, mad conservative crime fighter on. Because one of the things that he regularly does is he talks about professional wrestling, not just here in the local area, but he does talk about the news as it relates to the national international scenes. And one of the things I've always felt very fortunate of is he always has kind of a 
year in review episode of Central Illinois this week. And um, Coin Fighter, I wanted to go ahead and take just a minute here. We've got you here on the program this evening. And there are some stories I know that really kind of, uh, I know we're about three, three and a half weeks into uh, the year 2023. But I know there were some stories that you wanted to kind of bring forward and talk about here this evening. So, uh, again, being uh, a member of the Russell Talk podcast family, we wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of bring those some of those things forward. I know a lot of our listeners are here in the Midwest, but we do have viewers, as we see here. We've got Justin, who's a longtime competitor here in St. Louis, but now is on the West Coast. you got the Alpha, who's on the East Coast. Um, I want to go ahead and kind of throw things to you here for a minute. Let's talk about some of the, the big news events, news stories, things that are on your mind as we talk about the world of professional wrestling. Uh, well, uh, I hope you – I just sent a link – uh, to the uh, year interview show, which is on professional wrestling, uh, Central Illinois this week. That's the big goal that uh, I do this. Uh, that I do a weekly show, uh, tiny.cc slash PWCI. Now, this episode had to be put on Rumble because you know YouTube is going to flag all, a whole crap load of things just because WWE doesn't quite uh, get the concept of fair use. Also, all the controversy with the censorship in social media, and that includes YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I had to put it on Rumble mm -hmm. so I could get everything in the way I wanted it to get in. Mm -hmm. But I did a um, – and how I came up with this list. Now, there is ground rules on how this list is put together. The story has to involve some figure in uh, downstate Illinois or Missouri, or the story has to take place in that area, or the story has a major effect on the downstate Illinois and Missouri scene. If it's outside, I mean, occasionally there will something might be happening just next door in the neighboring state that may splash over in this area and it may get in there, but somehow I store it. There's a lot of local stories, but then there's national stuff that happened in this area. Mm -hmm. And you know, Prime Potter, as you're getting ready to throw the out to you, I mean, again, if you look at the last couple of weeks of 2022 going into 2023, I know that you had to take your program to, to, to broadcast. You were working. And again, Usually, and I, I'll be I'll be honest with you, I always watch the top 10. You're very, very prolific with your top 10, and they're all very relevant topics. But this year, it's like as soon as you got the top 10 ready, boom, here's about five new things that all hit in the span of about two weeks. And I got to give you props for being able to keep on the task because it's not an easy thing to do, let alone when the, the entire scene changes in a matter of days. Well, this takes forever to put together. I mean, I spend... I have to start in the beginning, early December. I mean, as the year goes along, I kind of just, I have to uh, go through the entire St. Louis wrestling community blog and see and pick 10 items that I thought were the biggest stories of the year. And there's a lot of work in assembling all these clips. Then you got to type uh, the text the voiceover and you know i'm pretty much when i'm building this thing i'm like I'm doing one or two stories a day because it takes so long 
to put this together. I mean, the last portion, the notable mentions took, gosh, two days to fill the remaining amount of time because I got 30 minutes, I got to fill it up. And there's, of course, the obituaries. And we had the last week of December, we had a couple of people pass away. Uh, Jason Strife, we knew, had been in hospice care for several weeks. He passed away. Somebody close to me, one of the owners of Pinfall Wrestling Association, Robin Casper, she passed away um, unexpectedly, but she had been in ICU the last couple of weeks and spent, unfortunately, Christmas and her birthday in ICU. Uh, she had been battling cancer for years, and she had a blood clot, and this past PWA event, uh, it was a heavy show for us because that start we had to do the 10 bell salute and uh that was a sad situation we also lost recently one of our fans uh passed away uh, another our uh pda regional heavyweight champion uh victor analog mm -hmm. uh lost one of his cousins recently but i do need to mention he also uh, broke his forearm wrist uh, doing a move off the ropes. He landed wrong, landed in such a way where he suffered a compound fracture and had to be taken to the hospital and have surgery. Um, and you know, Christ, I'm going to jump in here real quick. I mean, again, having an opportunity, I've seen a few Victor Analog matches. And again, one of the things that I learned many years ago in the world of professional wrestling, and Justin, you heard this from a very, very well-known friend of ours when you were training to become a pro wrestler. It takes 12 pounds of pressure to break a human bone. And from what I've heard from several people that were at the PWA event, he was defending the regional championship. From what I heard, it was a very nasty compound fracture. Uh, like I said, you had followed it. I, I got our broadcast colleague, Chris Rodell, had followed it as well. And uh, again, the timeline right now, I've heard three to four months. I've heard four to six months. And for a man who's really, I got to say, I've seen Victor Analog a couple of times watching things locally. If I'm not mistaken, when a man comes to the ring wearing the remnants of a television on his head, that's a, that's a totally different outside-the-box way of thinking. And, and I'll tell you from being involved in pro wrestling, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially – the kind of injury of, of a compound fracture of the arm. And like you said, both bones being broken, not an easy thing to come back from. And again, we here at the Russell Talk podcast also want to extend a uh, speedy recovery to Victor Analog as he recovers from his surgery. And hopefully we'll see him back here in the ring. Hopefully early part of the second half of 2023, we'll see Victor Analog return to the ring. Currently the recovery time, uh, according to doctors will be up to four months estimated currently um he will be looking at he is gonna need help uh covering his medical bills um for some made the mistake of uh calling an evidence when we could have just drove him to the hospital because it was only like four minutes away so we're gonna be having to um get some money together to pay the evidence ride and then the eventual gofundme i don't know what the final tolls are going to be on those. Uh, I know that a couple of people down in the St. Louis area were going to do a GoFundMe, but once we find out, 
where we can send donations. Uh, we'll get this shared publicly. Um, right now, they're sending people to uh, buy uh, Victor Elog uh, merchandise from his uh, shop pages. And, and again, that's one of those where I've got to say, in all the years that I've been around pro wrestling, one of the greatest things has been the support of the fans, whether it's a, a PWA or a Dynamo Pro or a WLW or a CCW down in Cape Girardeau or a New Breed or a Galley Lucha Libre or any other pro shit, Impact Pro Wrestling up in Iowa, uh, 3XW. When you look at it, the fans are what makes wrestling tick. And again, I, I really think that we're going to see a lot of fans rallying behind Victor Analog as he recovers from his injury. Now, now, Primefire, I do want to throw one out here, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it earlier on in our high spot segment. And I, and I know our production teams here, as many of us saw uh, last night on Monday Night Raw, we saw that Cody Rhodes makes the announcement that he will be able to return for the Royal Rumble. And gentlemen, we're going to kind of go around here. I'm going to start with the Alpha, and then I'm going to come to you, Crime Fighter. Do you think that Cody Rhodes coming back for the Royal Rumble is the start of Cody's drive to winning the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania? Alpha, your thoughts? Yes. And it's only because I want it really, 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 really badly. And I think from a business perspective, you wouldn't show your hand if you weren't confident in the direction that you were going. I'm not sure why they would want to spoil Cody's return <laughs> other than I think that they're planning on pulling the trigger for it because why else would they? But also just because now that they got the obvious one out of the way, what else does WWE have planned for the Royal Rumble going forward? Because if we know the result, then you have to make sure that the rest of the Rumble is kicking it too, and you have lots of surprises, and you have lots of, eh, lots of stuff to build off of. And again, that's a very valid point there, Alf. I mean, again, one of the things i got to say in the last couple of years, to me anyway, is the idea that the Royal Rumble really has lost that surprise factor. There have been several Royal Rumbles in a row where you don't see that. You might see A. Surprise. There have been a lot of them that have been really the memorable ones that are getting four and five surprises in there. Now, Crime Fighter, I know that you are uh you follow professional wrestling all over the place. Do you think this is the start of Cody Rhodes' march to the WWE unified world heavyweight championship? Well, who else is gonna beat Roman Reigns? Seth Rollins is now out with an injury. Mm -hmm. And AJ Styles is out with an injury. Yes. So who is going to be, who's going to sell, who's going to be a main event, main eventer for WrestleMania? It's probably going to be Cody Rhodes. Uh, does he win the Royal Rumble? Don't know. Depends on what he draws and how, who else is in the Rumble because we don't know. That's true. I know there's been several Royal Rumbles in a row where uh, fans start freaking out. It's like, oh, crap, this guy's going to win, like Batista. Or, or um, let's see, who else? Who else? Won? Well, Roman, Roman Reigns, I mean, certain people, they did not want to win, and then they start cheering for the other guy mm. because they know so-and-so is going to get it. So, uh Right now, yes, uh, I expect uh, Reigns versus Cody for the title at WrestleMania. Just, whether he runs, whether he wins the Royal Rumble, just or in not. your thoughts. I just had something pop in your throat. 
Well, um, I'm, I've got you know, a very, like, I've got a very interesting. Go ahead, Justin. All right. Well, like, well uh, before I was uh, interrupted by Luke Roberts. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, Cody's coming back. Uh, he's in the Rumble. Uh, everybody expects him to win the Rumble. Everybody, and there's a lot of people saying that The Rock's going to win the Rumble, coming in at number thirty. Uh, I would, you know, the, the both scenarios, you know, sound interesting. But I'd like there to be, you know, uh, door number th- uh, three, maybe a swerve of some sort, another uh, uh, a sec- a surprise that's kept secret that you know will get the fans uh, to go ape shit when they see it. You know, sorry about the language, but uh, just something uh, fresh. You know, I don't I, I don't like seeing it coming, and I guess because we're all kind of in the, the the business of doing, you know, talking about the sport, about knowing what's going on. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised with uh, the finale of the Rumble. I'm going to throw everything completely on its ear here. And, Justin, I'm surprised that you didn't think of where I'm going with this because you are a huge <coughs> Sting fan. Who? You are a huge Sting fan. Okay, go and ahead. That, I'm going to throw a complete right field out here. And we've kind of started seeing a little bit of it. I mean, again, it might be a little bit of a stretch. How about this one for WrestleMania? Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. They've already started planting the seeds of problems between the bloodline and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn could have more than taken care of wrestling against Kevin Owens. And what happened? The bloodline shows up. You saw in the interview that even Roman Reigns was getting a little bit fed up with Sami Zayn. I think that Sami Zayn could play a role in this whole situation. And I think right now as it stands, it could be the launching point. Because right now I think we would all agree that Sami Zayn equals must-watch WWE. Sami Zayn has probably been the most entertaining thing that we've seen in the WWE, not just recently, but in a while. And I'm just going to throw this out here because I know I've heard from from Justin the Alpha. Crime Fighter, I'm going to throw this at you. What are your thoughts about Sami Zayn, the bloodline, and the WWE right now? I'm going to confess something to you. At this point in life, I, I'm i a fan who has to watch it in person at the arena. I rarely watch it on television anymore. Now, obviously, I read the recaps. Mm-hmm. But Sami Zayn gets in, somehow gets into the main event at WrestleMania and it ends up being a triple threat, then so be it. There's also been chatter of the uh, unified championships being split up, and so we may end up with somebody going for one t- uh, one version of the, I guess it's either the Raw or the SmackDown World Heavyweight Championship, whichever it was, whichever belt Roman still has left. It could be, yeah. It could be Cody going for one title and Sami Zayn versus Roman on the other side, but if if there's a title split and we get that configuration, who's Cody going to wrestle for the other belt? I don't know. Well, you know what I, mean? I was thinking of the idea is the idea of, and the WWE might have to throw it out there, 
because he is the unified champion, we've been seeing lately. I mean, we talk about the Usos having to wrestle the Judgment Day next week at Raw's 30th anniversary. Um, could we possibly see the idea of Roman Reigns having to defend both championships separately? I don't see it happening. It's either all or nothing. Yeah, I, I could see that, but the same token, too. If well, gonna- the other problem is... How many belts are there? You can do an entire WrestleMania of just championship matches at this point, not a regular match. That is true. That's true. There's too many belts. Mm-hmm. I, and I, because I, I of this, and exacerbated right. by the brand split. Let's throw it out here. Now, if I'm going to throw this to you, what do you think about the current championship pictures in the WWE? I honestly think they're fine. And the only reason I stand by this is because we're in this weird spot where either we have too few belts because we only have four or five and the champions look more divisive because they get to defend the championships against a lot of people, or we have one for each brand, but we don't have enough uh, tag teams to cover both of them. So in the case of the status right now, I think we're fine just because they got all the belts on one person. So we don't need to worry about them juggling between the two. In the case of the future, it depends on what the tag team scenes are looking like for both brands. Just because the Usos are good enough to carry both brands, I think so. But if we are going to limit them to one show, then we need somebody to be the flagship for the SmackDown titles. Here's the thought here. And Justin, I apologize for cutting you off there. Look at the Raw roster. You have the Judgment Day. You have uh, Benjamin and Alexander. You've got the Alpha Academy. Hopefully, we're going to see Riddle possibly come back with either Elias or a Randy Orton. I mean, I think right now the Raw roster is pretty solid with tag teams. So why not Why not take care of that way? Justin, I want your thoughts here. I think the title picture is fine at the moment. Uh, it's nice seeing the title, the heavyweight titles and the tag titles uh, unified. I think there is too many. I don't know. I guess, you know, you got both shows. You got to have two sets of belts. But, you know, before, you know, when we had the Attitude Era, you only had the heavyweight title, you, the Intercontinental title, and the tag titles. And you had still a good amount of boys working on the show. I just, uh, I just, you know, with all the time, you know, if you if you have all these multiple titles, it, it just, I don't know, it dilutes the, the, the prestige of the titles, in my opinion. So. Well, right now, as it stands here, though, I mean, again, we're going to have, and again, we're looking a little more than a week until we start the road to WrestleMania. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of questions to be answered here. Speaking of questions, we're going to go ahead and take things back. Crime Guard, we talked earlier about the top 10. And I want to go ahead and take just a minute here and talk about some of the stories that we had in the top 10 that you had on your program. And I'd like to go ahead and talk about the impact they have here in professional wrestling. I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to you as we talk about these stories here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. All right. So let's, you know, there's 10 stories. So there's, let's go to the top 10. Let's go to what I picked for number one. Okay. When I heard about this, this just bugged me. I don't know. Because when the reports came out that there was this, Somebody shot cell phone video of this gentleman outside of an arena, uh, very late, uh, very late December 2021, which carried over to the beginning of the year at the St. Louis Royal Rumble. 
guy was barking orders telling people how they were going to shuffle people around the broadcast to fill empty seats the entire evening. When so <laughs> they're calling them seat fillers. WWE employing seat fillers at televised events. Supposedly, WWE or Vinnie Mac at the time was afraid that if a fan, if somebody watching Raw or SmackDown saw an empty seat for more than five seconds, they would get the idea that the match was crap or the show was crap and turn the chat and they turn the TV off. It's like, are you serious? There's so many things wrong with this. One, if you're hiring people to fill seats, where's the incentive to buy a ticket? Two, who is paying attention to the people moving around in the stands? Or who's paying attention? I mean, yes, we got this Twitter handle called Empty Seats Galore, where you get all these photos of so many empty seats at sporting events all over the country every week. I, yes, WWE, AEW, when they have a television uh, taping, they move everybody, as many people as they can, to the hard camera side and tarp off the what's behind the cameras. Fine. That's okay. But, you know, if... Why would an empty seat seeing one empty and isolated seat when they sum up someone gets up goes to the bathroom or buys concessions it's like so what but what ends up the other problem is you have people playing a giant game of musical chairs in the stands and it's like well if they're why are all these people moving around in the stands and not paying attention to the match. It's that also looks crappy. I mean, well, you know, I'm gonna look at one thing here, and again, you talk about the seat fillers, you talk about things along the line. I'm gonna tell you right now, and and I think Justin brought this up a couple weeks ago, is the idea of competition. The WWE for years has been the the standard bearer when it comes to professional wrestling. But right now, when you've got things like an AEW, like a New Japan, and countless others who are making it a point to consistently be filling venues, I mean, granted, there everybody has their moments. But when it comes down to it, I have to agree with you in the idea of where you shouldn't worry about the seat. I mean, again, from a business perspective, yeah, you have to. But from a, a, a television perspective, worry about the match in the ring. I mean, to me, it's one of those where this is professional wrestling. I mean, again, a lot of people say, oh, it's sports entertainment. No, I think about that old NWA clip. This is professional wrestling to me. This is two individuals or four individuals or how many ever are in the ring competing. And that's what it's all about to me. I think I could speak for Justin on this. I think I could speak for Alpha on this. It's about the competition. It's about the in-ring action versus who's sitting in the seat. And even moving all the and having all these seat fillers is just masking the real problem is Creative was bad until creative was bad for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Obviously, things changed with Vinnie Mac leaving, but now there's and things drastically changed, or people started watching again because they were they were uh, not gonna supposedly get that whatever was in uh, Vinnie Mac's mind when he came in 
because they've uh, we've all heard the rumors all over the years that Vinnie Mac at the start of a start of a broadcast, the show would be rewritten like midway through the show. He's rip up the rip up the script, and then they have to start anew, and they're like throwing things together like haphazardly, and then you ended up with a crap product. But yeah, yeah. filling seats with uh, paying people to fill seats is just mass was just masking the real problem is the creative or the bring product wasn't good. And that's why he had to bring in so many people to uh, fill seats. And one thing you look at too, this is 2023. And I think 2023 is going to be a new, a new beginning for professional wrestling. When you have all these promotions that are really stepping up their game. And again, not just the, the, the AEWs and the, uh, New Japan's, but you've got promotions like Pro Wrestling Noah. You've got promotions like MLW. You have to include Impact Wrestling. There's a lot of professional wrestling promotions that are going to make. I think in 2023, wrestling is going to be better because of the competition, and it's going to force people to have to step up their game. And that's as simple as there. Now let's go ahead and move here real quick. We've got some time here. We've got the Mad Conservative Crime Fighter, host of the St. Louis Professional Wrestling Community, or St. Louis Wrestling Community. Also, you can check him out. Uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Central Illinois this week is the title of your program, which you can catch on YouTube and on Rumbler. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Um, so tiny.cc slash PWCI. You can add a dash E for Odyssey or a dash R for Rumble. Uh, when I blow a video to YouTube, it gets mirrored to the other two uh, video services. Now, Rumble's obviously... YouTube's biggest competitor right now. It used to be Daily Motion, but I didn't like a lot of things. Daily Motion left some things to be desired. Odyssey is getting there, but it's not as popular as Rumble. Um, but yes, there will be a show every... I have very few reruns. Uh, right now I'm at episode three, uh, 358. The predecessor show, The Nope Split Seats, was 327 episodes. So add them together, I'm like closing in on eight or at least 800, well, 700 shows over the years. And that's been doing this quite a long time. And that is true. Yeah. Let's get the Wrestle Talk podcast being 424 episodes in. Now, let's go ahead real quick here because we do have a couple things we need to take care of before we get too much farther along. Let's take a look real quick at the top 10. We've got those seats, but let's kind of look at your other stories here in the area. Let's go ahead and kind of run two through 10. Let's see what this other. This is your close second. Tattoo artist wins lawsuit against WWE and 2K Games. That would be Catherine Alexander, who is from St. Louis. And this was all over Randy Orton's tattoos being reproduced in a video game. My take on this, the implication is that now anybody who's a fam anybody who's an athlete who plays for professional sports or a movie star or TV actor is now going to have to carry around Release of life or release papers. Basically, if a, a tattoo artist wants to work on a celebrity, they've got to sign a release not to sue them for, I don't know, copyright. Because why, why would anybody surrender control of their livelihood to a tattoo artist? 
because they drew something on their uh, arms or their chest or their back. And that's that was the second. But all this, all this lawsuit for, and all she got was three thousand seven hundred fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, that's one of those where I mean, again, that that is the when you're looking at things here. I mean, that is the nature of uh, when it comes to things going on in the world. I mean, again, it's every little thing has to be taken care of. And again, it's one of those where you wouldn't expect something like this to take place, but it is what it is. Uh, let's move on to story number three of the list. Well, we also know that Randy Orton might be forced to retire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the beginning of this year, he thought, well, he was going to wrestle another 10 years. Now his career might be over. Obviously, he had back surgery, fair, uh, back fusion surgery fairly recently. Uh, mm -hmm. If he didn't go down with an injury, he's probably going to be he was feuding with his tag team partner, Matt Riddle. But, you know, there really isn't anything left for Randy Orton randy orton to accomplish he could have retired a few years ago and then just pretty much done everything he wanted to do well i'm going to throw this one out here gentlemen uh and this is a simple question with triple h retiring and the limited schedule of john cena barring injury is randy orton the one to break rick first streak justin no breaking rick flair's streak is you know, something that, you know, is attainable to both him and Cena. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a streak that a lot of the boys probably don't want to touch. I, I don't believe Orton will do it, though, uh, unless uh, there's a big, uh, you know, a big call fan-wise for him to do it. You know, he does, you know, get the crowd going. But uh, I think his time in the sun uh, – has come and it's time, for, you know, Randy is going to uh, probably, uh, you know, if he does come back, push the younger talent. Alpha, your thoughts. Is Randy Orton, barring injury, the man who breaks the streak? There we go. Um, I'm with Justin on this. I, I think it's less that, not that Randy doesn't have the ability to do so. It's whether or not Randy would want to. Because he's very much a person who honors people that came. I mean, what he was definitely one of the initial people that was playing to break the streak, right? For the uh, for the legend killer gimmick, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. and he turned it down. So, a part of me thinks that I mean, like career, you know, what future of his career ignored completely. Like, let's not even mention the fact that whether or not if he is going to continue, but let's assume that if he did. I don't know that I see it in his future, though. That's the thing, because he's been working with Riddle. So it seems like Randy's really on that idea of being like, yeah, I'm second to Cena. But when you're second to the guy who has a lot of reigns, that's not really a bad thing. And I, I definitely think he probably doesn't have anything to prove with that either, because he still technically has the record for youngest world champion. Like, I think only second to maybe Tyler Bates. And that's even if you include the WWE UK title in the discussion anyways. So... He definitely seems like the kind of person where he could do it, but I don't think he would do it in answering well, your question. Well, another one to throw out here, and again, I'm just going to put this down. I'm going to throw it over to Crime Fighter. You're talking about age. What about uh, Roxanne Perez? That's one that a lot of people forget. I mean, I think she just turned, if I'm not mistaken, just turned 21. So, I mean, again, another one to consider. Crime Fighter, your thoughts. Does Randy Orton, barring injury, break the streak? 
No, John Cena would do it first. Okay. John Cena would tie tie it, and then it'd be up to him if he'd break the streak. But yeah, Orton, if he did not get injured, obviously he's the legend killer. Why wouldn't he kill another legend? He's killed. Uh, he's a beaten up Blair a few times. All right, well, let's go ahead and real quick. We've got one more. Let's go ahead and look at the number five on the list. We talked about Randy. When Randy's kind of been all over the news this year. Let's look at number five. Well, we skipped number four, and I'll just run through these quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four was the Missouri Office of Athletics announcing fee, fee hikes. Obviously, that upset a lot of people. That caused um, number five, the Missouri Wrestling Alliance at odds with Team Ambition. This one's, um, we might dive into that after I get through this list. Uh, number six was alleged certified wrestling podcaster causes trouble for multiple people. And you might know who I'm talking about on that one because he's made himself uh, infamous for all the wrong or famous for all the wrong reasons. Number seven, the merger of promotions, World Powerhouse Wrestling merges with Pro Wrestling Epic. Number eight, three Central Illinois wrestlers in trouble with the law. I don't know if we have time to get into that. Number nine, Paris Wrestling Extreme finds a new home, undergoes major changes. Number 10, Missouri Wrestling School acquired by new Arkansas promotion after ICWF closes down. That's the top, that rounds out the top 10. Is there any one of these you want to tackle? First, let's look real quick here, and we've got time to talk about this one, is the Missouri State Athletic Commission. For years, they've been known for a variety of different things, but the, the rules and expectations have changed dramatically here in St. Louis. Justin, I know you've been around it for quite a while. Uh, Crime Fighter, for those that are uh, viewing here, can you give us just a little bit of what they are uh, have proposed and have put into place? Well, they put it into place. Uh, uh, they've uh, increased. Obviously, they regulate all amateur professional boxing, full contact karate, MMA, kickboxing, and wrestling events. Uh, the fees increased anywhere from 25 to 50 percent per person with per- event permits, plus a one dollar tax on every ticket sold. And you know. Tim Lukanoff, who is, I guess, the um, been there, um, executive director, claims this is only the second fee increase in his entire 27-year tenure. Well, that's little comfort to the promoters out there who have to pass this cost to the fans. And obviously, it costs more for out-of-pocket for the wrestlers. This is the main difference. Why is there so few wrestling promotions in Missouri compared to Illinois? Illinois is not a regulated state. There's been people that have wanted Illinois to become a regulated state again, but that's not going to happen. Obviously, the effect of this, these fee hikes, uh, on top of COVID ruining everything, caused promotions to... uh, want to close down or move operations to a neighboring state. Obviously, the St. Louis, so many of the St. Louis feds want to run on the Illinois side of the river because they don't have to pay uh, a bunch of fees and have somebody from the athletic commission just basically watching everything they do. 
I mean, we lost Journey Pro this year. They closed. They chose to close down. Um, while they haven't closed down, but threatened to, American Hostile Championship Wrestling decided to just move their a bunch of their shows over to Tennessee. Um, I don't think this these fee hacks didn't have any effect on um, ICWF closing down, but they may have played a role in stopping Show Me Pro Wrestling from launching. Obviously, the wrestling school Tiger Pro Academy got acquired by um, a new fed in Arkansas. So, trains going to happen in Missouri, but they're not, maybe not going to run shows in Missouri. Well, right now, right now, we'll talk about the idea of the professional wrestling scene here in Central Illinois and a lot of the things that have been going on here. Uh, again, all the things that have been mentioned here, whether you talk about the Athletic Commission or you talk about uh, the things going on with WWE personalities, uh, you talk about the merger of Pro Wrestling Epic and WPW. Um, there's a lot of news going on here in the world of professional wrestling. And before we go any farther, if people want to know more about Central Illinois this week and uh, things along those lines, how could they uh, make it a point to get in contact with you? Um, well, the uh, I have the St. Louis Wrestling Community blog, stlwrestling.livejournal.com. Obviously, you can message me because I'm on Facebook. I don't like Twitter. I don't use Twitter. It's... Even though even Elon Musk acquired it, I stay off of it because it's just it's going to take forever to clean that mess up. Uh, but yeah, um, follow the show. I've enabled comments; they will be screened. Um, you can. Uh, there is a form to send email, or and of course, there's a form on uh, the St. Louis Wrestling Community blog too. Too so. That's how you can do it. All right. Well, like I said, right now, we're going to switch gears here for just a minute. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Crime Fighter. There's a certain individual here on this screen. And it's not me. And it's not the guy above you, at least on my screen, that's got a hat on. Who, who feels that he is a wealth of professional wrestling knowledge. Okay. And he thinks, point blank, that he can stump you in wrestling trivia. Maybe on more recent stuff, yeah. Well, tell you what, we'll see. We're going to go ahead here in just a moment. And Alpha, I'm just going to say, I kind of put you out there. But in just a minute, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have this week's installment of the world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Mm -hmm. Alpha, I know you're ready. Crime Fighter, I know you're ready. So, for the guys back in the production team, would you go ahead and hit our introduction music for this week's installment of the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge right here on the Russell Talk Podcast? Cheated last time because uh, it was like I in first to win it. So they threw a tiebreaker question. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our competitors tonight are the mad conservative crime fighter and the alpha. Gentlemen, in a few moments, I will give you three questions about a particular topic. Neither of you knew this before the show began, and 
our broadcast colleague, Justin Wade, will be our timekeeper this evening. At this point, I'm going to give you information about three professional wrestlers regarding a particular topic. When you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and shout out your answer. First one to win two out of three falls will win tonight's contest. Uh, Crime Fighter, are you ready? Let's go for it. All right, Alpha, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, tonight we're going to go back a little bit old school. And we're going to go back to a promotion called the American Wrestling Association. I'm going to give you about three individuals who competed in the AWA. Oh, boy. When you think you know who they are, shout out your answer. First one to get two out of three falls (coughs) will win tonight's contest. Are you ready for question number one, gentlemen? Is I'll ever be. All righty. Question number one. This individual has been known for competing in Florida and in Texas. In addition to his time in the AWA, he spent time in the NWA and is a WWE Hall of Famer as a member of the fabulous Freebirds with Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. Name him. Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin is correct. One fall to none for the Mac Conservative Crime Fighter. Gentlemen, are you ready for question number two? Yeah. You almost stumped me on that one. (laughs) Question number two. This individual was a member of the AWA. But he did not really rise to prominence until multiple championship reigns in WCW and as a member of Camp Coronet in WWE, as well as multiple tag championships and singles championships in Japan. Name him. Bobby Eaton? Stan Hansen? No, not Stan Hansen. What am I thinking of? Um... Dan Severn. No. Dang it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so he went to WCW first after leaving AWA. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. I don't, I don't know. know. The people. timeline is correct on that one. I'm going to give you a hint. It's I time. No, it's time to answer the question. It's time. It's time. Answer the question. Dallas Page? No. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, embarrassed that I don't know this. (laughs) Pass. Thank you, Justin. Is it Vader? That is correct. (laughs) Vader is correct. He did spend time in WCW and the NWA, multiple championships. He went to WWE as a member of Camp Cornet and held multiple tag team and singles championships in Japan. All right, gentlemen, we're one fight. Forgot. Yeah, he caught he wrestled as the baby bull. Uh darn it. All right. At this point, gentlemen, it is time for the third and final fall. Are you ready? Yup. All right, here we go with the third and final fall. 
this individual spent time in the AWA. He was also a WWF champ tag champion alongside Dick Murdoch and competed against Rowdy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 3 in a hair versus hair match. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, I know this too. WrestleMania uh, 3? Oh god, what's his name? Oh my god. Um uh, George? Nope. No. Oh my god. No. Hair versus hair WrestleMania 3. Did you a say winner it? of tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge by two falls to one yes. is the alpha of Adrian Adonis. I know my wrestlers. This is my trivia belt. This is my... <laughs> Memory's a bit foggy. It's been 30 years. <laughs> Oh, no, right. A surprise here. I thought, honestly, Alpha, I didn't think you were going to wind up with the victory here. Uh, I, I Fire, before we let you go, uh, for those who would like to know more about the St. Louis wrestling community or Professional Wrestling Central uh, Illinois this week or anything else that you have going on, as well as upcoming events you'll be at, go ahead and share those that information with the WrestleTalk podcast family. Go to the St. Louis Wrestling Community at stlwrestling.livejournal.com. That's where, that's the news site. Obviously, the YouTube page is tiny.cc slash pwci. That forwards you to the YouTube page. I have not uploaded this week's episode, but it will be an episode featuring Pro Wrestling Epic. All right. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I've got to get it in. Go ahead. Besides my wrestling activity, I'm also a famous gamer. That is true. I'm the former, now former, Galloping Ghost Arcade Gamer of the Year. And also the 91 Nintendo Campus Challenge champion. The only one that exists because they didn't do us. They didn't crown a uh, champion in 92. They just drew a name out of the hat. Obviously, I'm the T20, Galloping Ghost T20 champion as well. Well, I'm going to throw this at you here real quick, and I'm just going to say this. And again, it's just like the wrestling comment. We're going to end with a question that I don't I know you're going to expect, but you may not. If you had to choose not one game, but one. Oh, gosh, here we go again. One system. What would be your favorite gaming system in your lifetime? Obviously, I started with Atari. Then uh, then went to Nintendo, then the Sega Genesis, then back to Nintendo. So, gosh. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so so we, we safe to say that you're probably a Nintendo household. Yes. Well, I don't have the latest and greatest. I'm more of the classics. That's not a problem. Like I said, I'm a classic gamer. I know I can speak for Justin Wade being a classic gamer as well. And Alpha, I mean, again, it may be a little before your time, but again, we had to ask here, I mean, a man who's carried around multiple pieces of hardware throughout his career outside the ring, and hopefully, like I said, a man who's going to continue his proud professional wrestling 
uh, lineage. Also, I want to give a shout out to Crime Fighter. Uh, thank you for uh, helping contribute information here tonight as we were talking about at the top of the broadcast. Uh, the passing of one Jay Briscoe. Again, for those that haven't had an opportunity, especially if you're here in the Midwest, check out the St. Louis wrestling community. Uh, check out uh, Central Illinois this week, uh, Pro Wrestling Central Illinois this week. You get a lot of great information from the one, the only, and member of the WrestleTalk podcast family, the mad conservative crime fighter. Crime fighter, thank you for joining us here this evening. And I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes WrestleMania time, we're going to hopefully have you back on the program to talk some of the big things going on in the world of professional wrestling as we get ready for the road to WrestleMania. Can't wait. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Mad Conservative Crime Fighter here on the Wrestle Talk podcast here this week. Gentlemen, I got to tell you, it's been a great show. Any any final thoughts here this evening? I'm left speechless. The show was something else. Alpha? Um, just... Hoping to do it again real soon. Uh, I'm definitely trying to catch up on a lot of the wrestling. I have a lot of stuff that I want to talk about regarding uh, Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Ring of Honor. You know, I mean, I know we can't do it all in one show, but that's what makes the show awesome to do it next week. You know, we got plenty to talk about in the future and plenty of wrestling still happening. So, you know, looking forward to it. And that is true. And a matter of fact, with everything that was going on this evening, we didn't get a chance to talk about NXT. NXT's really been firing all cylinders. Tomorrow we're going to have AEW. I mean, there's a lot of great pro wrestling action. And don't even just focus on the national stuff. There's a lot of great local promotions here in the Midwest. I know there's plenty out on the West Coast. There's plenty on the East Coast. Make sure to support your local professional wrestling promotion because, as was said earlier on this evening, you never know who you're going to see in the world of professional wrestling when you get a chance to go out to these local independent events. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to go ahead and again say thank you to all of our great viewers. Also, real quick, let's go ahead here and put up our great sponsors without who the Russell Talk podcast doesn't exist. Uh, we have Royal Mills Transportation with our good friend Dewan Mills, which you can catch the Russell, uh, the FWWC tonight on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Rathbun Engraving, home of those great Russell Talk podcast mugs. For more information, $20. Check us out online. You can get a hold of one of the members of the Russell Talk podcast. Nobleman's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, Kincaid, and uh, Carcade at the Rope Park Mall, Interstate 70 Port Sports Media, Little Popeye Designs, home of those great WrestleTalk podcast tumblers, and the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. Guys, I got to tell you, from top to bottom, a great show. Uh, again, make it a point to check out your local wrestling. Also, make sure to check out your national wrestling as well. We check it out each and every week right here on the Russell Talk Podcast, episode 424 in the books. I'm going to tell you right now, we also need to give a shout-out real quick uh, to our, our good brother, Joe uh, Lance, recovering from some health issues. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, as we're sitting here, again, the world is still going to be reeling here. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of days, we'll be able to have more information about uh, the unfortunate events of this evening. Uh, again, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the members of the Ring of Honor family and to the Briscoe family. Uh, passing of Jay Briscoe uh, from what we've gotten an automobile accident earlier on this evening. Uh, guys, again, as a reminder, if you ever have any kind of needs, any kind of uh, stresses here, and I know Hardcore Hoss, you know what we're talking about here. Uh, anybody that ever has any kind of... Uh, mental health issues or things along the line or ever has any kind of problems, we can go ahead and uh, 
Make sure that you contact uh, anybody, talk, contact your friends, contact your family. Also want to go ahead and throw up the National Suicide Prevention Helpline, 988. They're available 24-7. Uh, again, uh, our broadcast colleague, Jeremy Carp, the maestro, a very, uh, a very staunch supporter of the National Suicide Prevention Help uh, Hotline. If you ever have any kind of issues, you need to talk to somebody. They're always there 24-7. Talk to your friends, talk to your family. Guys, I think that's going to do it for us here this week on the WrestleTalk Podcast. For more information, uh, make a point, check us out on social media, WrestleTalk Podcast. You can also check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Uh, also, let, hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling. Going to have a great show here next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that wraps it up. For Luke Roberts, Justin Wade, and the Alpha, we're going to see you next year. We'll see you right here next week on the Russell Talk Podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next Tuesday night.